We were there the Saturday after the first Friday that they opened. Before the third Tuesday on a full moon. Correct. Okay. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Hey-ho, greetings and salutations, everybody out there in the world of RC Modelers. This is the RC Roundtable, episode number 153. Three. Yes. Three. <laughs> Magic number three. And those musical voices you hear is the one Lee Ray. The, the only one Lee Ray. Yes. <laughs> the one, the only. Mm. Limited Thank, edition. Thankfully. <laughs> one of one. Yes. <laughs> And the Tinker Tenor, Dr. Spy, Terry Dunn. <laughs> Where do you come up with these things? It's a up. movie. Well, I know, but we totally weren't talking about anything related to that. I know, but I, there it I is. can say the same thing about you, Terry. You, where do you come up with these jokes? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I'm Fitzwalker, and I do know what you're talking about. All right. So let's get this show in a row. We don't... This is... Uh, if you're listening, you know, relax, grab something to drink, some eat, popcorn maybe, and just sit back and we'll tell a tale of Joe Dahl. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're going to be trying to stuff 10 pounds of stories in a five pound bag. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is this going is to be the, the, go ahead. The, we should have started the show with, this is the Joe Dahl special. <laughs> yes. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so we, Lee and I just got back from Joe Nile, and man, are our arms hurt. Uh, That's not even the right joke. Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Anyways, but okay. hold on. Before you get to that, I want to hear about the resolution of our last episode, because we did a live show just last week, like a week mm-hmm. ago, where Lee did his secret unboxing to reveal what he bought from an estate sale. And at the end, he realized there was a lot of stuff missing. So I want to know what turned out with that. <laughs> thieves, thieves, and damn thieves. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> okay. Tell well, me I, more. As you guys were aware, and as I showed photos of what was in the auction sale and what was not in the box I received, I did call, uh, leave, excuse me, I emailed. <laughs> Wait, I, give us a short list of what was missing. There was like a heat gun and an iron. iron. Some uh, balsa. So it looked like an engine box underneath one. Some stuff. Yeah, a box of balsa, some wheel pants, uh, a sander, two sanders, actually. <laughs> oh, no, those T-bar sanders, right? Those are like pure gold. Yeah, there's a T, yeah, yeah, a couple. Well, there's the Great Plains one and then a, like a legitimate T-sander, T-bar sander. Okay. So there was a hodgepodge uh, podge of the. Let me try this again. <laughs> Maybe I'm the one who's running on fumes. Because uh, my all over Because my arms are so tired. <laughs> um, there was there were several items missing, and I was, I guess, obviously kind of miffed about it on the show. So I emailed the auction site that night. I got a call the next day afternoon, and in a nutshell, I don't want to go through the whole thing. He immediately apologized so good thing number one if he said i'm i have to say i'm very sorry what happened i saw the video because i I sent him a link so i saw the video obviously i'm seeing what you got in the box it is not everything that was in the photos and i hate to say this but i've had three other uh buyers complain that they did not get all of their items either 
and he explained how he felt what occurred was that this large warehouse of items owned by these and i'm assuming he used quotation marks hoarder family uh, he had everything laid out he took photos and then they piled everything together into the lots to be picked up later so they never returned to that warehouse and he felt that because of things that are missing it's just a few things he felt that he believes they went through and five-fingered containers and stuff at the, the family or somebody else uh, he he was putting the finger on the family but he also mentioned he goes and it could have been people who were picking up other lots so those are the two scenarios but i'm going to go back to the he initially apologized he said i feel very bad about this he goes i want to tell you i'm happy to refund you 100 percent, including the buyers uh, obviously you know you got something I'm, I'm glad you did but i i understand that if you're upset i'll be happy to pay you back and we chatted for a little while and i told him about the video and i told him yeah i was disappointed that there were items not there but in the end i told him i said i still had fun i said i still feel like i got a pretty good deal i got some engines we talked about it our show you know was entertaining and I didn't feel good taking all of his money for something that I don't think was his fault. I honestly don't think this guy would have said, I'm just going to take this bin <laughs> or this hot air lock. I mean, and then pay me for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, unless, of course, there was like a gold bar <laughs> in right. one of those bins. And he was like, I'm just going to pay him back the $25, you know, <laughs> so whatever. Or is it like Fitz? You hear the sounds of sanding in the background where you're talking to him. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that possibility. There's like a pile of cash. <laughs> it's like, I'll just give him the other stuff. He will never know the difference. Like Scrooge. He's just swimming in it. <laughs> so let's put up that third scenario just for fun. <laughs> it was Highly likely. Extremely valuable in one of those bins that we didn't find. So it works uh, pretty good. In the end, I gave him. Okay. Are you going to say it, Terry, or am I? That wasn't me. What the hell, Fitz? Go sanding. Yes, Fitz. What the hell? Well, Terry told me to. Yeah. <laughs> He's making a, a oh. 3D experience. Jeez. Oh, Continue. All right. You're, You're getting just... all riled up again, man. <laughs> it's over exactly. now. Exactly. The sanding. It's the sanding. <laughs> <laughs> so I offered him, I said, I'll take 50%. So uh, he gave me 50, 50% back. So. I was okay with that. I think we had fun. I got some engines. Fitz, actually, Fitz got an engine out of it. So nice. <laughs> Fitz can't complain, right? And uh, that's it. That's the story. I don't know what All else right. you wanted to hear. Or uh, that's it. And that was nice of him and nice of you. Because you know, stuff happens and through ill intent or not. But as a seller, he owned up to it and did the right thing. So <laughs> It'd be something like good. buying a used car online, seeing the photos like in Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace, showing up and the tires are gone. Oh, yeah, I think <laughs> someone took those. You okay buying the car without them? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, and, and you know what? This is that buyer beware thing that I think I'm going to blame Fitz for jinxing everything. You know, Fitz was having that issue with his sale, and of course, mine went uh, south. Oh. Uh, it wasn't completely south. It's, let's uh, all, if you saw the video, guys, it was fun. You know, <laughs> we were oohing and eyeing and questioning things, and you know, yeah. I think we got our money's worth of entertainment. Uh, so yeah, we should keep our eyes open for more mystery boxes. Yeah. I enjoy doing that. And I'm going to add the final note here about auction bidding. Uh, buyer beware on shipping. I will say for the past, you know, eight orders I've done online, auction sites that were somewhere else and they had to ship, to, ship them to me, they've been excellent. I've had wonderful success. I had another 
auction, not RC related, that I bid on, and it was small. I'm telling you guys, these were small. They they were five items that would fit in the palm of your hand, and I wanted these, so I paid pretty much full price for them. I was like, okay, it's good. They're hard to find. I'll get them, and I ordered them. But dang it, if I didn't get the shaft from the shipping company, because they threw in a twenty dollar handling fee, which was not mm. listed on the website. It just said contact this mail order company or shipping company to have your package delivered. And when I called the auction site, oh, well, they said, if it's shipping, we just go ahead and send it to them, and then they handle it. They'll call you with an invoice. I got the invoice yeah. while I was at the airport with Fitz. <laughs> and, man, I Did lost they have to it. restrain you? Oh, I tell you, I, it was everything in my power not to be screaming at my phone like a couple other people I heard down the, <laughs> down the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's just, so please be aware of that, guys. If you buy, I mean, I'm sure you do. We've, we've all talked about it. Shipping prices are crazy, but this was nuts crazy. We're talking, it should have cost them eight ten dollars $10 to put it in, you know, a USPS box max. And I think I paid 40 bucks for these wow. five small items. So that's yeah, my PSA, not- guys. Woo, it just really... It really hurt. Yeah, I'm not sure what to say about that. I mean, they're doing a job they deserve to get paid, and I guess there should be a reasonable minimum no matter what the size of the package is, but they at least should tell you that up front rather than sneaking it up behind you Yeah, it's and too late. You know what, and I'll say this. This was probably one of the first that I didn't get did to talk to the shipper before they charged it to me. Like they asked me questions on how did you want to ship it? That kind of thing. Like, did you want it overnight? Did, so, uh, I, you know, and, and you're right. If I had seen on the auction details that said this shipper is who we use and they charge a minimum of 10%, 5% or $10 or $15 to ship and handle something that may have changed my mind because of what I paid for these items. And it wasn't that important. So, but, you know, that's that one out of the eight that I've, like I said earlier, I've had success and I think I, I got a good price, but that's it. All right. There you go. Okay. So all's well that ends well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was a gold bullion. Dang it. Now I'm <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> Some <laughs> coin collection out at the bottom of that bin. Right. <laughs> the last see... will and testament. Whoever finds this gets my estate. <laughs> <laughs> there was a story recently where somebody bought a marble bust at a Goodwill. I heard that. And I, yeah, it dated amazing. back to Roman times. She paid like 20 something bucks for it. And I know, found but out it was the fact that priceless so... antiquity. But I, this is the part that gets me. We're talking about someone in the army in France, putting that in their duffel bag, hauling it back to Texas and then putting it on their mantle. You think that's how it got here? Well, that's what they said. That was one of the articles I read. They believed it was someone in the military. Oh, okay. Got their hands on it. I just the one I read didn't theorize on any of that. The things you bring back, I guess, from from war. Yeah, like from World War Two or something. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't see a bust in that photo. (laughs) A Roman bust in my photo. (laughs) Well, you know, the period of time from World War Two to now is just a small fraction of that item's total lifespan. That's true, man. Huh. Anyway, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And, Lee, I'm glad you were made whole, or half whole, whatever it is. Glad you're happy. And now I feel bad. I should have brought that engine when I saw Fitz. Then it would have been great for having, to have him put that in his luggage <laughs> for check-in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of, not long after that show, you guys hopped on a plane. So I guess you haven't messed with any of those engines yet. Uh, no, they're still soaking. Okay. Oh, oh, well, you've done something with them then. You're preparing 
Well, only one of them was seized, right? Uh, one the the YS was perfect. The okay. The twenty OS twenty was kind of really tight. In fact, I, no, I think the OS and the Fox were really seized. That MVVS just feels weird. It's I don't think it's quite right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll see. But right. they're they're soaking in oil, so yeah, we're working on it. Okay, I would really like us to have a follow up that shows you either throwing those things in an incinerator or running them on a test stand or in an airplane. Oh, I I'm hoping to put them on a test stand. We'll get incinerator. Okay. Well, I mean, it, you can't save them all, right? <laughs> That's Terry's motto. Really? <laughs> Sometimes the- you just have to stomp on them. I will try to get them to come to life. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah, let's move on to why we're really here. That's because we're talking about... Can you, can you hear me? I think my mic <sighs> cut out. I was talking. Sorry. Where, was oh. Yeah, you cut out. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's like I have the mute button now. <laughs> you have the power. Watch out, partner. What I was going to say is I'd like, just for fun, if I find a cheap high-wing plane that's big enough for the YS... I might just, you know, put it on there and give it a go. Give that YSM flight time. What's that was a 120? 124 short. Okay. That would be a big airplane. Like yeah. a bigger than a cadet senior, right? There you go. That's All right. A little I mean, I'm hey. not spending a lot of money on that plane. It's just hey, <laughs> it's just for fun. You guys have a giant scale cub. That's a match made in heaven right there. A one twenty is about a twenty cc engine. Okay. Yeah, make it so, Lee. Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, what's this Joe Nall you're talking about? I, I don't know. Never met the guy. No, some guy. That would be an interesting story. Story to tell. Who is Joe Nall, and how did this event get named after him? Somebody knows that. I'm not I, that guy. I do have that. Well, let's start with that then. Give us the backstory on this thing. So, Joe Nall was a friend of Pat Hartness. And Pat Hartness is the (laughs) instigator of Triple Tree Aerodrome. He is the gentleman who bought (laughs) all that land, who said, this is going to be it. I'm writing a check. And then he turned it into a 501c3, a 5013c, well, whatever that darn last two digits are. Uh, Tax (laughs) write-off. And... So it, I don't remember what the name of the event was before, but uh, Joe was a good friend of his. He said here, uh, I'm fast forwarding through this long document here, but says Pat and Joe had maintained their friendship throughout these years and continued to share the love of aviation. Joe became quite, excuse me, Joe became a qualified instrument rated pilot and a certified ground school instructor teaching students, pilots, student pilots at the Johnston County Airport near Smithfield. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in 1989. And after that, Pat changed the name of the event that they had to the Joe Nall event in his name. It's honor, excuse me. Okay, so it's to it's a tribute to his departed friend. That is it. That's nice. And it has become a legend in RC circles. Exactly. As you now know. As I do now know. Okay, so you guys did this a little bit differently than I think most people do. You hopped on a plane and went there with no transmitter, no airplane, no batteries, not even a little Ziploc full of fuel in your pocket. (laughs) We arrived as flies on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Well, yeah, I guess you did take camera gear. So there's something. All right. We talked about this a little bit last time. So I'll fast forward through this part. You flew into what airport? Charlotte. Charlotte. You flew into Charlotte. And where is Triple Tree Aerodrome located? Woodruff? Woodruff, South Carolina. Okay. And that's kind of on the western part of the uh, state? Uh, yeah. Western, northwestern, uh, near uh, Greenville, Spartanburg. Okay, so you flew into Charlotte, and you rented a car there? No, your buddy picked you up. Yes. Okay, so your buddy picked you up, you spent the night with your buddy, and then the next day you drove from his house to the Triple Tree Aerodrome. Yes, sir. And that okay. wasn't just any rental car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a story with the car? Oh, Was yeah. it a hoopty? I want Fitz to talk for a while. <laughs> Me? Oh, no, you can go, Lee. Well, I didn't know... <laughs> It, it was it a hoopty? It was a uh, I don't even know what the year was. All I know it was a a very bright yellow Challenger. Is it a Charger Ooh. or is it a Challenger? I think it was a Challenger. Yeah. Did it have two doors or four? Oh, I don't four. remember. It got oh four doors. Gosh. It had four okay. doors. It had four. So there was a Charger. Oh, oh Charger. Okay. Know your Mopars, boys. Oh my All god. Right. This is but already it, it, this is already turning into a sad, <laughs> sad follow up. But it did have a Hemi. There, there you go. Part. Yeah. So it was a lot of power. And so a, what a, kind of car was it? A yellow one. All right, let's move on. Mm-hmm. What else do you want to know? Well, you took airplanes with you. They borrowed airplanes in a borrowed car. Yep. All right, so th- take a minute to tell me about the airplanes you brought with you. Uh, so we we selected two airplanes from his uh, harem of aircraft. Uh, we had the uh, Polaris. Uh, amphibian, well, not really, seaplane, I guess you call it, Delta Wing seaplane. Think North Star shrunk down in foam. Oh, that's the um, that's the picture you guys posted. It's now our banner on Facebook. Oh, yes. Ultra. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We took that because we knew there was some full flying area. And the and lineage of that actually is a North Star, I think. Doesn't Polaris mean North Star? Oh, maybe. <laughs> okay, that would make sense. I never put those two together. So, yeah. yeah, somebody designed the uh, flat, foamy version of it, and then they came up with the ARF. And I think yeah. that was all with the blessing of Lighty Mickey Osco, oh, nice. designer of the North Star. So, and and anyway. the irony is we both built North Stars way back when. Oh, neat. Early in our friendship. We uh, did old Hustle Balsa, really big planes, flew 140s, and we both ended up crashing them. Aren't they <laughs> Balsa USA? Yeah, it's Balsa USA, yep. Okay. They, still, they still sell it. I saw one in a tent at the show. Yeah. Um, all right, but we digress. Gulp. Uh, and the other aircraft was uh, the E-Flight Sukhoi, if I remember correctly. Mm, an electric? Yeah, electric. Both electrics. Okay. And it was just a one of their aerobatic 50-inch something wingspan, flew 3 or 4S. Okay, the foamy deal. Yeah, we took a couple of foamies. Was it green and, or blue? Uh, I thought it was yellow. What was the color? Was it? Was it? Okay. Yes. it was green. Was it green? Okay. <laughs> I think Fitz is still sanding back there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so we took that, some batteries, chargers, transmitter. Uh, he, he had a nice new uh, NX-8 transmitter. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we just loaded that up in our stuff and some chairs. We borrowed a cooler from him. Uh, and we some chairs. <laughs> we brought a lot of stuff from this guy. Uh, and loaded up and headed off to Woodruff, which is about a... Hour drive from my friend's house. Uh, so that was Saturday morning, if I remember correctly. 
And you guys up. went on the leading weekend. There's yes. A, what is it? A nine day event? I they, guess it captures two weekends and a week in between. Uh, two weekends, a week in between. I think they start loading Friday. They open the place up. Yeah, the oh, horn blows on Friday. Huh. So right. we were there the Saturday after the first Friday that they opened. Before the third Tuesday on a full moon. Correct. Okay. Uh, and uh, it was a nice drive out there. It's a little bit some back roads, a little bit of highways, a bunch of back roads to get there from our location. Uh, the place itself is really interesting. As soon as you turn in, you're like, wow, it's just it's just a really interesting layout. And it was already a, a quite a f- bit of people there, a lot of people there. It looked like they had been camping all week, even though they'd only been open a day. Uh, there was lots of campers. Uh, it spread out throughout the facilities. It wasn't mobbed or anything, but you could tell uh, this was going to be a popular event where a whole bunch of people were there already. And so we... Uh, pulled in, and Lee had the foresight to grab, to reserve a golf cart, which which we would later find came in really, really handy. <laughs> well, uh, Joyce, Joyce Hager from the AMA, she said, you really want a golf cart. I was like, okay, I'll get one. And the funny part was I immediately called to reserve one, and the lady, I think that was Peggy we had talked to, Fitz, she said, have you talked to Joyce? Because Joyce hasn't ordered hers yet <laughs> reserved hers yet so i immediately called joyce and said joyce you got to take your own medicine <laughs> See, <laughs> they're waiting for you to order your golf cart but uh, i'm just going to stop here and just say this it's worth every penny if unless you're just wanting to stay at the main line unless you have just one discipline you're going to do like if you're just flying seaplanes or if you're just doing 3d if you're going to go back and forth and experience it either bring your own golf cart reserve a golf cart or bring a cool motorcycle like joe vermilion yeah, we got, we should say that. There's a lot of people with their own personal transportation devices, and it was the whole gamut of stuff from mini bikes, bicycles, those one-wheeled electric things, oh, a yeah. uh, unicycle kind of thing that you stand on. And, and as uh, Lee said, Joe Vermillion had a motorcycle with a sidecar on it. Oh, he brought the Ural. <laughs> yes. That is a neat okay. thing. I mean, that looks like it's from the 1940s. Yeah, I saw them. I was at the Rhinebeck event many years ago, and Boss USA was there. This was before Joe's time, and that gang had the Ural with them. And that fits right in at Rhinebeck. Anyway, I, I'll yeah. stop interrupting. He had that there. It was neat. One of the other neat things we saw was a guy had a little mini bike with a sidecar that he had adapted to fit on. It wasn't a sidecar to, to, for anybody to sit in. It was just a little platform that he could put stuff on. And it allowed him to bank in turns, and the sidecar would stay level with the ground. And he just something he had welded up and kit bashed into his mini bike. I'd like oh, to point out cool. that there's a photo of it on the AMA Facebook page in the photo gallery for Joe Nall. And it's actually like right next to a photo of Joe's uh, sidecar. So it is it is really cool. And I just like the guy. He just sat down and started talking. He said, let me show you how I made this. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was very proud of his engineering. But he also installed disc brakes on that sucker, which I thought was kind of cool, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like I've been to a couple free flight events just as a spectator. And it seems like one of the things the participants really do is take pride in their different vehicles for retrieval. And they put a lot of ingenuity into them. There's all sorts of golf carts, motorcycles, bicycles, and different rigging for putting their models in there. So Yeah, we saw that. We saw people carrying models on top of their cars and on top of the golf carts and stuff and carriages. And and I guess we got to mention that our golf cart um, was unique in that 
I, I'm pretty sure it was faster going backwards and forwards. Nice. <laughs> it was horribly governed. That is the speed limit, by the way, folks. Twelve miles an hour. Don't don't speed. Don't go faster than that. Yeah, oh, this, this golf good. cart had no danger of going past that twelve miles an hour. Speed. <laughs> now, from what I've heard, there's also like a shuttle bus that just does the rounds, and you can get on and off as you please. Hmm. Maybe that's what that bus was. We saw one that had a Joe Now all over it, but it never moved when we were there. Hmm. Maybe that's was, only this coming week. Okay. It was a school bus. Yeah, maybe that's uh, what it was. Okay. Those of you who have been there and know about the bus, let us know. Please. Okay, so you're there. You have transportation. You got to take it all in. Give me a general feel for the layout of the place. You want to do that, Lee? <laughs> <laughs> it's so <clears throat> trying to figure out how we get this into a short podcast. It's <laughs> it's segregated. <laughs> I'm, it's uh, ginormous. I, like, <laughs> I think Fitz and I laughed, but we both were like nodding. That's exactly why I think there's peace at Joe Nall <laughs> is that it, there's so much area that they've got everything split up. There's enough elbow room. To put the helicopters at one end and the 3D guys way down 7,000 feet on the other end. I, I was thinking like uh, the Lion King where, you know, Simba comes, no, Mufasa comes up to his kids and says, see this, all this land, Simba, all this land is yours. <laughs> uh, so if I had to, it, the, the runway is like a northeast to southwest uh, runway. And the full scale runway? Well, the full-scale runway, but everything's encompassed around that. So, like, at the very north okay. end, just past the runway is helicopters. So, like, when you first enter, you're coming in from the north side. When you enter, you'll drive by the helicopters on your left. When you you come up to the first main house there to check in, get your golf cart if you uh, reserved one. And then we, you just go down the little fun road. It's really fun because you're, you're going so slow, you get to appreciate everything. <laughs> so, vendor rows to your right. There's a hangar off to your right. And then you immediately start coming upon the main runway on your left. And they have a gazebo. They have lots of tents there. just And just lines and lines of RVs and trailers and vehicles. And it's beautiful. I mean, there's lots of pictures. I've got tons I haven't shared yet. I got some nice aerial shots, too, with my Mavic Air 2. So I'll share those, too. And I, I guess I guess you should mention when you first kind of pull up to that first house that Lee mentioned to check in, you're at the top of a small hill, so you can really see around and see a lot of stuff. And so it's it's you get to just as you first pull in, almost you get to really take in just the sheer size of the place and the layout. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's you would agree, Fitz. It's much bigger than you expected. You knew it was big. You knew Junal was big, but this was definitely like twice the. The size I was expecting. Oh yeah, yeah, agreed. Easily, um, and I, you know, I knew there was a main runway. You don't really appreciate the main runway until you're at the very south end where you're near 3D, because then you you kind of look. It's uh, it has hills to it. So <laughs> I know how Fitz was saying it must be fun to try to land here because you're trying to land so that you're you you slowly go up that hill that leads you to the main runway. But when you're down at the south end and you look back to the north, it's that's where you get the scope of how big this is. And uh, okay. it's, it's quite amazing. I mean, we already kind of missed the, the the pond. I mean, that's kind of like dead center. And the pond's on a hill, so they have, what did he call it? It's like a dam, I guess. It's a dirt yeah. dam. An embankment, maybe? Yeah. 
So there is, and that's kind of cool too, because when you come to the pond, you actually have two roads you can split. You can stay up a little higher and go around the pond, and you go left, you go kind of down towards the electrics and 3D. But there were people up high camping on this other land that overlooked the, the lake, the little pond. I say it's more of a lip. What do you call it? Pond or lake? I call it a pond. When does a pond become a lake? Yeah. Good question. It's a large pond. So calling it a pond is almost a disservice because it's pretty big. Can you water ski on it? Uh, You could if you just did circles. (laughs) 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 So that's, by the way, that's very gorgeous. And I like that Fitz mentioned this too. We were at the, I will touch back on it. We were at the education building and Fitz disappeared for a second and he went down towards this the other side of the small pond or big pond small lake and there were these rvs that just kind of like snuck their way into this little hidden area off to the side he says man you know people who have been coming here know where to go they know that's why when the horn goes off on friday they just bat out of hell you know (laughs) forget the 12 mile an hour speed limit they're going straight to these little cute little you know gem areas and like it the was Black a, Friday sales when they open the doors. That's exactly yeah, what it all, is. All the RVs are burning rubber. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, so, yeah, but it was a great, nice little cubby. It was it like was. wasn't the most convenient for flying unless you're flying the float plane. But it was a very scenic area, a little cubby that they were parked in. It was really nice. Yeah. So and so if the main flight line people are rowdy at night, this is a good place to go to where it's a little quieter. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So in the interest of time, rather than take the verbal walking tour, okay, uh, d- explain to me how many areas it's divided into. How many flight lines? Uh, let's see. You get the helicopter, one. The main flight line, two. Control uh, line. The control line, three. The 3D, four. The electric, five. Electric, 3D, six. Oh, wait, there's... Seaplane, seven. They separate 3D into two different lines? Yes. Oh, okay. 3D electrics. There's 3D and 3D... 3D, yeah, yeah, 3D electrics for small electrics and the regular 3D for the big stuff. Okay. Am I missing anything? I'm up to seven. You got helicopters? Uh, I got the helicopters. Yeah, you did. Uh... And I would say eight for the whatevers because we saw a few rogue flyers flying at, at odd odd places, little electric okay. stuff. Okay. So you got and seven official and, and eight wherever the hell you can cram something in without pissing somebody off. <laughs> okay. And I oh, assume and don't forget given, boats because there are boat people doing boats both at the oh, large pond and at three D. Yes. In fact, on the map there was a section for boats. It was sectioned off on that large pond. Oh wait, you missed one. You. Uh, there was no one was there, but they did have a multi GP course drone uh, course. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was out in th- off in 3D. Yeah, we passed by, but nobody was there at the time. Uh, yeah, so there's yeah the drone course. So that's eight, eight official. No, I'm sorry, seven of. Eight. eight. <laughs> I can go. <laughs> eight nine. official. Nine. <laughs> nine. Nine places to fly. So there's eight official places to fly, and. Um, and so that should cover pretty much anything you'd want to fly there. Okay. Given that, I assume that it's 2.4 gigahertz only. I would say so. I never saw okay. any um, tag, what do you call those? Um, frequency, frequency board? Frequency board yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. I think that would just be too tough to manage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. So. Okay. And so where did you boys park? <laughs> everywhere well there's one spot we parked the car that was near the golf carts if you rent a golf cart you sort of get golf cart parking if you if you need it um near the main okay. entrance 
Uh, and when you get a golf cart, do they charge it overnight, every night? How does that work? Uh, ours was, I think, propane-powered or natural gas-powered. No, it had it an gas. engine. It was gasoline. You think it was gasoline? No, yeah, it wasn't I looked gasoline. at the seat. It was liquid gasoline in there. It was liquid? Okay. Because yeah. one of those ones, as soon as you step on a gas pedal, it starts up, and you, and you let it off, and it sh- shuts down kind of thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, so, so that's why Elise had to, he thought it had a governor on it, so he couldn't go too fast. Yeah, and you <laughs> know what? I This... <laughs> I know this goes back and forth, and I know I'm just sitting here talking with Terry, but we've got listeners trying to go, okay, guys, could you just focus? Could you (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking notes here, and you really are all over the place. So I apologize, and we're trying to have fun with Terry. Sorry, I hit my microphone. Terry, keep us on track. Keep us on focus here. No, what I was going to say, though, is that um, I'm jumping to the end about what I would do different. Oh. And the difference would be I'd show up on Friday during the horn and just enjoy the, the mayhem of everybody running <laughs> to a site and then leaving the second Saturday because uh, right now there are people, like, when we have this pot, when we're recording, there are AMA people there now and I'm seeing their photos and there's so many more people there, so many more planes and some planes that I would have loved to have seen like that. Did you see that GB? And one of the photos, anything today, Fitz? Did you happen to go on Facebook? No. Uh, I mean, only a little bit. It's got to be half no. scale. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did see a picture of that. Yes. Yeah. So the point is, I thoroughly enjoyed going the first weekend when it was relaxing to get our bearings, to simple, get out there and fly whenever you wanted to, that kind of thing. But to really enjoy it would be right now. You know, yeah, and and Thursday, Friday, and Saturday probably are going to be amazing. Now, those of you who are listening who have been to Joe Nall would love your feedback too. Again, email us contact at rcroundtable.com or chime in on Facebook. And you know, you could be screaming at us right now. You forgot, blah blah blah. Don't forget mm. this. Uh, so, I would love to be experiencing that. So, that's my goal next time. But going back to the golf cart story, Fitz and I were always entertained that when we got there, we parked right up front. <laughs> stepped you know what 20 feet to our golf cart oh, and then drove much. away <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. 10 feet and then we came back and we got in our car and we were right at the exit so i'm I, i'm assuming with all the golf carts that we saw there there must have been 200 or something yeah there were a how, lot. how crazy it would be to park and try to get all your gear up to the golf cart and vice versa whatever but yeah so there are pros if you if you're going to go for the first time and you know you can't go for the whole weekend you can benefit from that you can it's a little relax more relaxing uh, but gosh, if you were there for the whole thing, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's probably, you probably got a point there. If your first time to break yourself in, go the first weekend. And I guess once you're experienced, you go the midweek to the last weekend. And that's where things start heating up. Cause well, yeah, you go with one friend and then you talk to that friend. And after you get home, you say, you know what? The, a third friend we got named Terry, we're going to drag his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next time. And now that we're, we can, we can show him everything. We can tell him all the, the secret handshakes and stuff we learned. <laughs> yeah. And I was just thinking for those, you think renting a golf cart is silly or something. Uh, I should know that the main runway is 7,000 feet long. And that doesn't include the extra few hundred feet or so that extends past that to get to the 3D area or the extra couple hundred feet or so on the other side to get to the helicopter area. Yeah, hundreds of feet. He's, he's making it sound like it's a little further. No, it's a lot further. So that's yeah. like a mile and a quarter. So you're talking probably two miles for the whole length of the place? Huh. Okay. Yeah. You're probably pushing two miles. Uh, and so that would be a lot of walking around, and, and that's not including the vendor area and that other stuff. So, 
you want to have some transportation, motivate, motorized transportation to get around. <laughs> well, no one's asked anything yet, and I can't. I don't have the, the registration pilot fee numbers on me, but I can tell you that renting a cart per day is eighty-five dollars. That is pretty mm. steep. That's yeah, pretty steep. Yeah, you get a discount when you keep it longer than that. Not by much, but after we left, we felt that that was worth it. It's almost a necessity. So if you bring your own, you're you're in like Flynn. But yeah. I carried my camera gear with me all the time. We had the planes when we went to the float area or the electric area. So mm. you, you kind of need that because once you set your camper down, there was really no driving. There were only a handful of cars that were going back and forth. Yeah. And most of those were probably going out to park. And stay where they were for the rest yeah. of the day. Now, now if you, you're not interested in some of the other stuff, if you're just going to go there and fly your your giant scale regular Warbird, then you're, you're probably not going to be walking around all that much. You can just p- camp out right next to the main flight line and not worry about moving around too much. But. Yeah, I want to jump on that real quick. And Terry, you can kind of get us back in line. But that's the part where, God, Fitz and I had so much fun. It was like, this is where you need to go if you're looking at buying an RV or a trailer. This is where you shop. This is where you so get ideas. One of everything there, or oh. at least one of everything. <laughs> you know, I told you, Terry, I was going to do a, a trailers of Joe Nall, and I did. And Fitz and I did it, did it together. And we just, we actually talked to some people for a while. We didn't interview them, but we did talk to people about their trailers. And a couple of trailers were like brand new. Like they just rolled off the lot because there was no hooks, no nothing. They just threw everything in an empty trailer. The thing about getting there on Friday and then going to where you want to stay for the rest of the week there were guys that had this stuff down pat Fitz and i talked to a guy no, actually a family out at the electrics and they had that huge like 20 by 20 tent remember Fitz? uh the tent they were sitting under yeah yes oh, yeah yeah and there's like a i don't know like two families with a couple of young young sons that were in there well how does that work do you reserve a camping spot in a certain spot certain area there are some that you reserve because they have electricity and water and such so for rvs but then there are some that are just open to anybody who has a tent so i'm not sure if this place was a reserve all i remember is that they had a great setup i mean they were right on the flight line they kind of like best i mean that's the best thing i can i use the damn word twice <laughs> but uh you know we get there so we're there the flight line we just had to grab a plane walk you know a few maybe 100 feet or less and and then go fly these guys had that same setup and i could imagine the same thing over at the main when they had these large planes they just roll them out and then just taxi them to the little area and then they go back and sit down their chair take a nap and you know within seconds they can walk back out start their plane and go fly yeah we should know that they have they have free um, electric power out there too for people to plug into. Oh, One twenty okay. at the flight line, the, the plug-in chargers and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hold so on. I I need I need to show an aerial photo, and I have several that I took. But you have to understand, there's limited. Gosh darn! I keep hitting my microphone. There's limited parking area around the flight lines, and then you've got all this other camping area way out in the back, in the boonies, anywhere else around trees like the 3d area they've got a forest to go find a place to camp at you know they're pretty far away so if you have big stuff that you want to go fly you've got to travel quite a bit so you have to have that you know golf cart or some other carrier with you okay okay we get it the golf cart's good let's move on 
Did that sound snotty? I didn't it, mean it that it way. It did, but you, know, <laughs> you made my point. <laughs> right. Well, you, you told me to keep you guys in line. That's what I'm trying to do. All right. Get a golf cart. Check. So let's start talking about people. I assume that there were people you knew before you got there that you saw, and then people that you now know since you've been there. So let's start with the people you know who were there. Who's first? Mean Joe? Mean Joe. Okay. I'm glad you guys got to tag up. He got there pretty early, I think. Well, he's a, he had to set up his vendor stuff. Yeah, well, good for him. And he wasn't in a great mood the first day we saw him because he was having problems with his albatross. So, <laughs> didn't quite have his undivided attention. We let him go. <laughs> All right, see you later, Joe. <laughs> he was happy. Did he get when it he figured out? It. He did. Yeah, and I okay. did that live shot of it flying. So that was. That was oh, good. that's right. I saw the video. It looked good. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so you guys got to hang out with Mean Joe for a while. I assume a few times over the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. We kept running into him and texting okay. each other. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, who else? Well, we met those guys from Rhode Island. <laughs> okay. Jeff, Jeff so Arsenault. Jeff. Yeah, yep. Jeff Arsenault. Which, by the way, while you guys were there, Jeff was a guest on the RC Plane Lab podcast. So you guys should tune in and listen to that. You can find we out should. all about Jeff. We should. Yeah. Do, we want to, do we want to talk about our, our visit with Jeff? Or I guess this, I guess we should as good a time as any. Yeah, go Fitz. Uh, so, Mr. Arsenault, Jeff, he actually found us. We were walking, I think, at the time during the 3D line because he had emailed us to say, hey, he's going to be there and we're going to stop by, say hello, that kind of stuff. And, oh, you uh, know what? Quick, quick little plug. Yeah. At the 3D area, they have rocking chairs. <laughs> yes. They're just saying that they have all these rocking chairs. There's a huge pilot office, right? Because I think that's where the full scale pilots taxi uh, yeah, and hang out a, there. Yeah, so it was this a real is, nice lounge or something. Yeah, and they have yeah. showers over there and stuff. So there's an, the 3D guys have it made. They have a really nice facility yeah. over there. Yeah, we need to make a point to talk about the 3D area and some stuff we saw there. But uh, they're rocking chairs, and that's well, Jeff. That. <laughs> well, I know, but I'm just saying it's kind of neat to just sit there, and there are lots of people just hanging out in the rocking chairs. That was yeah. popular. It was nice. Uh, so we were in that area taking pictures and, and video and stuff, and this guy, Jeff walks up to us and said, hey. Uh, he, he pulled us out of the crowd and said, introduce himself, and we talked to him for a few minutes, and it was, um, and I said, okay, great. We'll have to, you know, we'll, he offered us a drink or something like that, and it was real nice, and uh, I think we had spoke for a few minutes, and then we both kind of wandered off to something else, and uh, we ended up running into him again at the seaplane area. We were going somewhere, I think, to take some more pictures. Was it the next day? I think on Sunday. Yes. Uh, and so we, we stopped by the seaplane. He was there with his buddies, and we didn't know that. We just happened to stop to take some pictures, and uh him he apparently like half his club was there from Rhode Island. <laughs> <That's> uh, <laughs> so he introduced us to all of his other club mates. And he did something totally unexpected. He offered to let me fly his Albatross seaplane. Why is that unexpected? Everybody lets you fly their airplane. Well well, he only knows me from uh, you know, from the show or something and whatnot. So uh it was unexpected for me. I thought it was very generous. Okay. So, of course, I took him up on that offer. So the Albatross you're talking about is the twin-engine flying boat? Yeah, tw- twin-motor flying okay. boat. I think uh, Hybecam makes it. Uh, very scale, uh, Grumman seaplane. And it seems like a nice model. 
And so he set it up, threw it in the water, and let me uh, proceed to attempt to take it off, which uh, the first attempt didn't go all that well. <laughs> I didn't hurt it, but it was uh, my ego was a little bruised a little bit when it, it I think one of the pontoons kind of hit in the water and it kind of spun around. And, yeah, crosswind uh, takeoff. <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite realize that the wind was a little bit crosswind, and so I think it lifted up the wing a little bit. Uh, but I finally got off the off the water and proceeded to fly around. It flew pretty nicely. Yeah, I had a good old time flying around and, and, and that kind of stuff. So no, no, nothing of note happened, except it was neat when I uh, finally landed it, and I had problems taxing it back. And he goes, oh, well, here, just turn on differential thrust. And he flips the switch, and instant differential thrust, and that was no problems turning. I'm like, yeah. man, I wish I'd known that when I was flying. Could <laughs> 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 have some fun with that. And not, not only that, we get closer to the shore. He goes, well, um, shut the motors off. And he flips the switch. And it's like, okay, now throttle back up. And it goes backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. Uh, so when my landing was a fitter, my takeoffs, but it was, uh, really thanks to Jeff for letting me fly his albatross and it, he's probably worried for a few seconds if I actually knew how to fly my first one or two botched takeoff attempts on it. Uh, but, uh, Lee had a similar story. Well, Lee, you got some good photos. I assume you took the photos of the albatross flying. Yeah, I did. Nice and sharp. Yeah. Was, so. Fits flying. Yeah. Okay. Like- so what's your story at the pond? <laughs> I, I'm sure Tom's story is going to be different. So if we should listen and see if Tom's going to have, you know, be interviewed on a show. But oh. <laughs> Tom didn't walk up to me and say, hey, would you like to fly my twin otter? I walked up to Tom and said, I would love to fly that twin otter. <laughs> I said, could I, could I possibly? I said, I love my twin eyes. I was like really plugging the, the fact that I had one, you know, and I don't know if he was like, who is this guy? <laughs> Wait a minute. You walk up to a guy you don't know, exactly. and you invite yourself to fly his airplane. I think I had the balls because Fitz was standing next to me. So the fact that you know <laughs> Jeff trusted Fitz, maybe he's like, "Hey, come on, I'm a sidekick. You know, I can I can fly too." Isn't that rule number one of <laughs> RC piloting? You know what? If he had said no, I would have just said fine. But the, here's the thing: it's I would his, have said no. He gave me the keys to it, <laughs> so I got to I got to fly it. And it flies great, by the way. And my what takeoff was, was awesome. You know, you I knew where the wind twin was. Otter? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, the twin otter on floats, yeah. Okay. So you have what yours doesn't even have landing gear. No, it doesn't. You didn't tell him that, did you? I did. Oh, I was bragging <laughs> about my twin otter left and right. Told him I had another one in box. But I'll be honest with you, he did not balk at me. He didn't like look me up and down and say, Who are you? What the hell? What do you think you're <laughs> nothing nothing like that? He said, Oh, yeah, sure. I mean he was, he was very relaxed. He was the same club with Jeff, right? Yeah, he was the same club. And yeah. I flew that very well, thank you very much. So, you know, just... Oh, I don't doubt myself. that you flew the snot out of it, but how's he supposed to know that beforehand? He, he doesn't. I was like, that's why I say, he's like, if Jeff trusts Fitz, I guess I can trust this guy. <laughs> yeah. If I remember, Jeff also, he had a Gillows conversion kit that was in a recent issue of Model Aviation. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that wasn't Jeff. That, was that wasn't Jeff? Else. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry, Jeff. Person. So somebody else. All right. I misremembered. Uh, but that, oh, goes back, that goes back to the story of how many people did we see, just or how many people did I see just walk up to Fitz and say, hey, I know you. My, I think my number was 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got recognized a few times. Because one of the friends from the Rhode Island Club was, you know, a fanboy of yours. So I count that one. <laughs> 
Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few people recognize me, and I'm always uh, amazed, honored, and, and flabbergasted if people recognize me, like me, and uh, give me um, some really nice comments. So I appreciate you all. If you're listening, thank you so much. I really, It really means a lot. Uh, oh, while we're there, we should mention the, the, the Bushmaster on floats demo that we Extreme saw. Extreme Flight RC. Yes. Extreme I finished flight. the video. I finished the video today, so Did I have you? to send it to Terry. 140 inch turbo Bushmaster on floats. Oh my gosh. Flown by Tim Hestein. I got his name. And it was one of the best flight demos I've ever seen <laughs> on a seaplane or anything. I assume it was gas powered. Yes. Yeah. He had a twin okay. cylinder. 120? Yeah, sounds about right. With tune pipes on it. Uh, I don't know if it really needed the tune pipes or not, but he did everything. Hoverbatics, uh, slow speed stuff, Harriers. He did this beautiful inverted flat spin with it. <laughs> that was the key. That was the kicker. <laughs> we were all just like, that's wrong. <laughs> this huge inverted flat spin with floats sticking up in the air. It, but it was beautiful. It was like I, he could have hit the water and it would have just been in one piece. It would have just floated on the wing. It yeah. Was, that was slow. But he also did a tail drop in the water. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, that's right. He did, yes. He hovered it and dropped the tail and took off. So he he knows how to fly that thing, and it was really cool. Did you get video of it? Absolutely, yeah. All right. I have a whole video of that, plus I made a small one-minute demo of it. Okay. Yeah, I saw a thing today on Horizon Hobby's social media where somebody's hovering a one of the timber variants over the pond on floats, and they're pretty close to the water and then they just nose it over and chop the throttle so they go from a hover to a mm. splashdown it's pretty interesting and it's at night so they have lights on it and it just splashes in oh well, that's something we didn't do we, night, that, night. we didn't do any night flying because we left oh. by i think we, one the first night we left by eight the last two we left by seven yeah we kept leaving a little early what well, we had been there all day. We ran and running around, seeing a lot. It was we were we were ready to <laughs> pack it in and we were bushwhacked. Okay, how close is the hotel to the site? Not that close. Half hour drive, twenty minute, hmm. twenty something minute drive. Yeah, it was about a half hour, <laughs> depending yeah. on which route Google sent us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had a depending on which phone we used. The route was more scenic or not. Okay, so we've talked, uh, well, somehow we got diverted. We were talking about uh, people, and so we got to Jeff, and somehow that morphed into a conversation about the pond. Yeah, That's okay. Let's go back. Were there more people that you met that caught your attention that you want to talk about? So we talked to quite a few people, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the casual people, people doing stuff, people helping out, uh, and people flying. Well, let and me s- pop in here. One thing I noticed, I watched one of your live videos on Saturday or Sunday, I don't remember, but you guys were just kind of walking around and Fitch, you'd walk up to somebody and say, hey, can you tell me about your plane? And just cold call them out of the blue with the camera running and people just start talking to you. Like they're not hiding behind uh, trees yeah, or anything. That, it's absolutely amazing. I don't think we had anybody that balked at talking at us. Everybody we went up to, it was like, you know, almost like they knew us. Even if they didn't, you just they would just start talking. We ask some questions like, "Yeah, sure, this this is that, and this and I did this, and I've been here for this many years, or I've done this, and this is what you want to do." Or you know, it was everybody was super friendly, super yeah, super friendly. I I noticed that just from watching the video. It's like they're handing you their babies and just inviting you in. 
Yeah, yes. Um, we 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 met. Uh, <laughs> Lee can tell you a certain uh, uh, Matt Chapman. Oh, well, okay. Not we met him at certain, the expo. The certain Matt Chapman. <laughs> the certain Matt Chapman. Yes, we interviewed him at AMA Expo East uh, some years ago, and it was yeah. great to talk to him, sit with him, and uh, Lee could tell you about his uh, interaction, his uh, his discovery, as you could say. Uh, all right, so I'm on the flight line. I'm taking pictures of this gorgeous BVM F-18. <clears throat> And I'm just taking pictures, being myself. And so when they taxi it back, I just turned to the guy and said, hey, do you mind if I get some information on the plane? He said, sure. He moved the plane off the runway. And I said, okay, I pulled my phone out. I recorded all the conversations I had with people after I took photos of their plane. It made it a lot easier for me to know, remember all the details. So I put the phone in his mouth. He goes, so um, my name is Matt Chapman. And I just, my head slowly turned at him. And I was like, he had a hat on. He didn't, he didn't, I don't remember him from the East very well, but I, this is not what he was wearing. He's wearing dark sunglasses. <laughs> he's weird. He changed clothes since then. And I just. Wig. I was like, God darn it. Said, Matt, I said, I know you. I, said, I met you at East. And he goes, oh, okay. And he did probably remember me because it was you two that he was interviewed with. But he gave me the specs of that. And then I didn't know who was flying. I said, well, who's flying? He goes, Frank Knoll. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Frank, now, did you meet Frank Knoll at eFest, Terry? I thought we all did. I don't know. Well, I'm I not sure if I, I was up there. I think I think we you were talking to him first because we were near the flight line. You know, I think when we came in and we were talking to him about it, I think that's when you, we kind of got the feeling it wasn't going to come back. In fact, I think that was it. Wasn't that the last year? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. I just remember Ooh. talking to him, and he did those. Um, he was running the quad obstacle course things that we did poorly at. Oh so yeah, he was just kind of all over the whole weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so got to take photos of Matt Chapman's beautiful F eighteen and uh, watch Frank Knoll at the controls. And it's just, you're looking at that plane going, wow. And Frank Knoll's just having these little, you know, he just said, you know, Matt, this one little setting, I think we got to make this two point adjustment here. I'm like, oh, really? It looked great to me. <laughs> but Was that a, turbine powered? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're a different breed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, okay. So, uh, can we, you guys mentioned something about, uh, Germans. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. So we actually did several different interviews of people. Uh, we talked to, um, Carf models, Carf model. Well, we, yes, we talked to, uh, I forgot his name, Mr. Dietz from the car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I had my Lee moment here as well. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> So we were at the 3D line, and we had saw we just seen a wonderful 3D demonstration of a 3D jet of all things, really, really big one that had thrust vectoring and stuff. And it was a car models. Uh, I forgot the name of it. It's got a really unusual name. And he like just landed. Manifesto, Manifesto, <laughs> or something like that. I think it was, was Manifesto, something like that. Yeah, and so I think Lee was off talking to the pilot and interviewing him, and I had. And it was a guy standing around, and um, and I just was just trying to just asking a couple of questions. I forgot exactly what question it was, uh, but I saw a gentleman there with a white shirt, and it had carved models on. It he was a slightly older gentleman. And I said, uh, "Are you 
with um, Carf Models, or are you working with him somehow? I thought maybe he might be somebody of interest. Uh, and <laughs> the other two kids standing next to him just started laughing. <laughs> I am Carf Models. And, and, and that's what I said after that. I was like, wait a minute, you're the owner of Carf Models. He goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're certainly involved with him. Uh, and so shortly after that, I asked him if he would mind talking to us a little bit. So I ended up interviewing him uh, to, um, uh, to talk about his models and stuff. And we can play an interview with him. Should we do it in this podcast or should we do it some other time? What do you think? Let's that's see our, how long we end up talking. Okay. And then that's our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> you want to hear the interviews, folks? Hmm. Our OnlyFans get that. So that was pretty interesting. And as Lee mentioned, he interviewed one of his pilots. I'm not sure. It's, I don't think they're related. Uh, also from Germany, they came all the way from Germany to uh, attend the event. Uh, we also spoke with uh, was it the the owner of AJ Models, uh, Andrew Jeski. Andrew Jeski. Thank you. I'm terrible at names. <laughs> Uh, got a nice interview out of him as well. Uh, we talked to a couple of guys that were just sort of hanging around. I think they were volunteers or employee workers for the event. They had a nice, gave us a nice talk about just general stuff about the event and things like that. Some information dump, which is really nice. And I thought it was one other person we talked to. Well, Mike Gregory was the one I was talking to. Yes, yes. Lee got a scoop of the century. He got to talk to Mike Gregory, which basically... Um, uh, Pat Hartness, uh, partner in crime. Exactly. Or... He he pretty much runs Triple Tree, and yeah. I'll tell you, the, I'll quickly insert this. I think Fitz and I might have another episode of interviews, or or maybe text from those interviews, because my mine with Mike, we were just talking. I pulled out my phone just so I could get some uh, tidbits to remember, but. Mike was nice in that I left a message at the front desk saying that I was here with the AMA and I'd like to use my drone to fly and I wanted to make sure I could get permission. So they jotted down my phone number. And about an hour later, Mike called me and said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about the, your request. Uh, where can we meet? And I said, well, I'm on Vendor Road. And he goes, I'll be right there. And he did. He showed up in his golf cart. Again, <clears throat> golf cart. And you know, he sat down with me in the little restaurant. A restaurant? <laughs> Kitchen? What do, we, what do we call that? The diner. <laughs> diner it, tent. By the way, good food, guys. Uh, I recommend it. Uh, I'm going to get to that. Just... Okay. So he, he sat down with me and he was explaining that there were a lot of issues with people uh, not, you know, not enjoying the drones flying around them and possibly some concerns with frequency uh, interference. Excessive and, douchebaggery, if it, you will. Well, probably so. And I said, look, you know, I completely understand. This is why I asked. I said, How my, however, my only request is I'd, I'll be behind the flight line. It won't be anything anywhere near these guys. And I plan to just do scenic shots, stuff for the AMA's club, snapshot for clubs and events. And after chatting with him, he said, okay, here's what we'll do. Just, you know, make sure you're always behind the flight line and stick over in this area. I said, if anybody asks, just tell them my name. And then Fitz showed up. And I said, hey, I'd really like you to meet Fitz Walker. And then we just started talking. And it was great. I, I won't go through the whole interview because I haven't typed. I mean, I haven't recorded. I'll, I'll type it out so everybody can read it. But I love the ending where he just looked at Fitz and he goes, you know, normally I don't do these kind of interviews. You know, I don't like to sit down and talk with people. But boy, when he talked to us, it felt like we were just like you, Terry. 
just having a good old time just talking and it felt yeah. really good that we were welcomed like that you know he's he was very busy you know, he was on his phone quite a bit so i didn't want to mm-hmm. keep him any longer but it was just really nice that he shared some stories and talked about pat hartness and getting this land and you know the things they did and you know where it started and now that it's here that kind of thing it was a really yeah. nice conversation yeah right. he was a real nice soft-spoken guy he was just very unassuming well, cool. I'm glad you guys got to connect, and I'm also glad you were able to get some drone footage. Didn't you use the word drone? It is a drone. That is a drone. Okay. Because it was used exactly for that purpose. But I would never pull out my P-38 <laughs> Lightning and call this my dr- I'm going to go fly my drone. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry I brought it up. You got yeah. it, buddy? Okay, so were there any more people that you want to highlight from this? Hmm... You don't want to make anybody mad now. So just, we can say, and all them. You know who you are. You know what? I will, British- I will say something that Mike told us. And this is the way I'm going to escape, <laughs> escape the question. He said, I can't tell you how much it means for all the volunteers that are here. He said, the volunteers are the ones who make this event happen. And that being said, I got to talk with those people at the main line who are the volunteer safety officers and who are making sure everybody's doing stuff right. Because I then ran into one of those guys when we were flying at the pond. He was out there flying and he's been doing this for years. And he says, I just I like to assist, you know, so Mike's Mike nailed it. He says, you know, if you want to really want to call out people, it's everyone who goes out there to volunteer their time to make it such a fun event. And that's why it's so widely wildly known widely known gosh i'm tongue-tied uh and why you just feel like you want to go and i know in our one of our live shows it literally is the field of dreams of rc flying it's just is this heaven (laughs) no no it's woodruff have i died (laughs) yeah it is so i i would like to say that everybody we ran to was super nice everybody checked their their mean faces and bad words at the front entrance and gosh there wasn't a mean person at all was their fits I don't, I we know. had one time somebody seemed to be slightly annoyed oh which one was that did i do something no 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 <laughs> the, the the glider incident oh <laughs> well that guy was just in line waiting to fly is that what you're talking about no remember when he he landed and the other guys talk about being out of fuel oh that was now that was great because that does the same thing the guy was mad because he re- okay say it fits that was you did it best <laughs> so um th- throughout the the event there was this huge glider that's being aero tow i think it was like half scale k8 k8 uh, yeah yes we talked about half it scale is that what you just said he told me it was a half scale arf i have no it idea who made it huge it was huge when you told me it was half wow. scale, I totally believed it. <laughs> it was a monster. And it was being pulled up by a Horizon Hobbies FX3 Cub with a DLE 170. I got that all that notes in here. Um, and even I talked to a guy flying the Cub. He said, yeah, I got to stay full throttle <laughs> to get that thing up in the air. <laughs> uh, so it was a beautiful glider. It had spoilers in it and stuff. It was nice. And he flew it a bunch of times. And one time he came in and landed it. And at the same time, a guy was flying some sort of jet. I don't remember which one it was. It was a turbine. And basically, as soon as he landed, the guy flying the jet says, Hey, I, I need to land. I'm out of fuel. <laughs> <laughs> and Lee and I were joking at each other. It's like, well, yeah, the glider's completely out of fuel. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to wait your turn. But the guy, just so you could tell by the tone of his voice, he was he seemed to be slightly annoyed that the glider was on the runway while he was 
uh, you know, Joker fuel or whatever, bingo fuel. Um, yeah. I mean, he had, I mean, he was hit enough to loiter around and fly around, but he, you know, he, he obviously. He hadn't flamed out yet. He hadn't flamed out. He had, he had fuel. He was just, you know, like I said, being a little bit assertive that he wanted to land his jet. Okay. Quickly. <laughs> well, the way I'm picturing the runway, it's wide enough that you could accommodate. You know, two. it was, you know, when I, when I, I was thinking the same thing, even with that big, giant glider you you had lots of room to go around it and stuff if you wanted to but you know if you wanted to be safe or yeah, sure just safe but uh, yeah you could have slipped around it if you needed to but they, they got it off it wasn't anything mean or anything i just that was the only time i thought somebody seemed slightly perturbed about something <laughs> oh. but he may have just been excited because he was up yeah yeah well he's got a couple thousand bucks going around yeah. the sky so but yeah but okay. other than that yeah no no issues all right so i'm going to change gears again and I'm going to try to focus this discussion so it doesn't get too out of hand. But Lee, describe your favorite meal while you were there. Uh, probably the snacks I brought. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm not kidding you. The, the food was good. I think the, because I'm on a special diet, my in, intake was limited. So, But I will say, thankfully, these people had uh, baked chicken. So oh, okay. I, I had a lot of that. I'm sorry. I forgot you were on your special diet. Yeah. I was like, how's that working out for you? Yeah. I've lost about almost 10 pounds. All right. There you go. You probably burned a lot of calories out there too, even with the golf cart. <laughs> Lugging all that camera gear, especially like when Fitz and I had to get to the terminals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, did, you go on, did you join Joe for his morning runs? No. Hell no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of Joe too, by the way. So thanks. Yeah. Oh, good job. Lee, we totally forgot about the incident with the Polaris. Oh, okay. So are we backtracking now? Are we circling back? Is that what's happening? We're switching gears. Yeah, all right. So let's cover that. I remember where we are. Our our listeners love it when we get off the rails. They love Uh, a little surprise here and there. Are we ever on the rails? Uh, Okay, so we mentioned the Polaris, the, the mini North Star. We did some float flying. Uh, so I took it up first and flew it around and had a good time with it. It's a it's a nice really nice flying model. I had one. I think you flew mine when I had one. I might have. Did we? Did, is that the one we took off from the puddle? Uh, yeah, I think we did that out at JSC. We also flew it off the grass runway at Kingsbury. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, so we had a bunch of charged batteries. So I said, once I flew, I said, "Hey, Lee, why don't you take a shot at it and have some fun?" And uh, he, he uh, like me with the albatross, he had a little bit of a incident taking off. At first, yeah, she spun around on me. Yeah, I, hate I was taking her that. Spun around. She she kind of dipped her nose there and just the tail whipped around. Now, by the way, uh, I have a plane like this, the Joy's Way Dragonfly. I flew it at best. The red one fits. Yeah. Okay, so I have flown one of these before on and off grass, so I wasn't concerned at all. But when she took off, she spun around, and I didn't think much of it. Neither did Fitz, because I got back into the wind and I took off. And there really was no problem flying it for the first two or three laps. I'm not sure if I did a touch and go. I may have done one touch and go. But I had gotten up pretty high and I was telling Fitz I was trimming out the plane because she felt like she was listing to one side. And so I was adding more and more trim. And then all of a sudden, I she kind of flipped on me. She just did a turn. And then I'm struggling to keep it stable and then we look and the right aileron is straight up <laughs> it's not moving so i have full left aileron so now i've got spoilers going 
and I'm flying elevator rudder. And at first I thought I was going to just dork it in the pond because, or excuse me, small lake. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I was expecting that was probably what was going to happen. It was really tough. But once I kept the speed up and I got downwind, I was able to keep it under control. And so I eventually did get it to line up for a final and touch down. And, you know, Fitz was proud of me. He's like, hey, you recovered it. And I was like, me too. Yeah, I'm glad. But, you know, I was moving the aileron. The right the right one would not work. And then all of a sudden, the motor just started going beep, 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 beep. And I had nothing. <laughs> Wait, hold on a minute. You saved a plane that was flying with a locked aileron? I did. Kudos, man. That, that takes some, you know, quick thinking and... Good thumbs. Take elite sheer, skills, right? Sheer luck. <laughs> maybe, maybe Tom saw that. And maybe that's why he trusted me with his twin otter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm proud of myself, too. It was quite a handful. At one point when it first started giving me a problem, it flew behind us. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, like, okay. That, that reminds me. I want to ask about another one of your videos, but not yet. That'll come after <laughs> the food talk. Okay, so yeah, thank you, Fitz, for remembering that, and I'm glad we came home in one piece. And we haven't talked about Greg and Angie, the, his friends from South Carolina that we got to stay with, sweetest couple. Gosh, I can't tell you so much about them that, but we sat down. That's <laughs> like I think Fitz and I overdid it, but we sat Greg down on the couch when we got back and said, "Hey, we need to tell you something about the Polaris." He's, <laughs> he's looking at us like, "Okay." It's I was like, remember the Polaris. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, okay. And it was like, okay, so the aileron's not working. We may have to use, so? He's like, I fully expected it not to come back in one piece when I handed it to you guys. <laughs> I was just, uh, he was just so like nice about it. He was like, I could really care less. He said, I gave you a plane I didn't care about. <laughs> so, and then fun. you got offended at that. No, no. <laughs> but it was just so sweet. You know, he's like, so? <laughs> anyway. Back to, is it, we're going back to food now? <laughs> yeah. Well, since you dodged the question okay. with your diet, no, I'm going to ask no, Fitz. But, I'm, I'm just, but that's important. Golf cart and snacks. I wrote that down on our list. You need to bring something with you because I'll tell you, my little peanut snack mix that I had was great because just anytime you needed to get something, there was there were not a lot of vendors. There were not a lot of food vendors, rather. So you had I wonder if that them. changes as the crowd builds up. It's possible because when we, <laughs> this is funny, on Sunday, there was no Chick-fil-A truck. On Monday, there was a Chick-fil-A ch- uh, truck. But they were busy. And they were at the electric. Yeah, I, I, and thankfully they had the little chicken wraps, so it was on my diet. Yeah. So they were at the electric area. I did not see anyone at the 3D site. So it, like you said, it's possible they may have more food trucks that gather around. But you were limited like the first few days for the area by the vendor row. Okay. Yeah, there was uh, uh, some independent mama pop uh, cook, or whatever we want to call it, uh, that was in, basically in the center of vendor row. Had this actually fairly large tent uh, that they had. They had breakfast and lunch, and maybe dinner even too. But uh, it seemed like a family-owned business, and uh, they had some pretty good stuff there. Uh, the breakfast looked pretty good too. On a map, it showed there was supposed to be some more food down near the 3D area at the far end. So, like Lee, I think that all would start showing up the week after the first weekend. Because, like I said, a Chick-fil-A just popped up on Monday. It's like, that wasn't near this weekend. And I think I saw another food truck, too, that popped up. Well, you guys are talking about vendors. I was just assuming somebody was going to throw a burlap sack over your head and take you back to their tent and feed you. Did that not happen? 
Oh, Jeff offered us uh, liquid refreshment. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, I take that back. You know what? I think he did offer us hot dogs and hamburgers, didn't he? I, I think when he we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and did, by the yeah. way, that's probably happens all the time too. So mm. uh, we don't. I don't think we wanted to impose, and we were constantly moving, f- taking pictures and so forth to to really not even think about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now the the one place that was there over the weekend was pretty good. Uh, they had quite a actually nice variety. They had hamburgers, hot dogs, or chili dogs. They had the baked chicken, the fried chicken. Uh, they had uh, mashed chicken, potatoes and gravy, I think. Chicken gumbo, chicken kebab, yeah. chicken salad. <laughs> yep. French fries, macaroni and cheese, um, coleslaw, a few other things. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted. I tried a chili dog, which was I didn't think was all that great, but the hamburger was good. Uh, and I tried just one piece of chicken, and that was actually really pretty good. And I was like, man, I should have got more of the chicken. Uh, the fried chicken, that was. I I can contest it a big chicken, but... Uh, so they had... Okay, okay. You guys missed the point of my question. Well, what was the point of the question? Well, it was to make a tie between meeting people and eating good food. So you're talking about vendors, which is fine, but I thought there might be another story to tell there about... No, there wasn't. Camaraderie. Okay. All right. So you had chicken. It was good. Yeah. Let's move on. There was... There was a video you guys posted about this green airplane that didn't fly for very long. What was the story with that? That's the... I think it was a canard or something. It kind of went behind the pilot box. Oh, that one. Yes, that was... Oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. Uh, It's an old kit the guy had. Um, Oh, what was the name of it? Uh, so yeah, um, I have his contact. I have to get it information, but yeah, it was an old Cadard. Uh, I think it was electric conversion. I think the original version was for like a, a 40 size glow. And, uh, I can't remember if it was global that made it or one of those companies. And, uh, that, that was really neat. And he was, we went to go fly it and he, uh, it didn't end well. He took off and it just was way out of control wildly. And at first, and it just went off and it crashed kind of on the near, behind the flight line a little bit but away from anybody uh i didn't really get to see how badly it was damaged although i think i took a couple of pictures but it didn't look like it was too terrible and did I you thought, get the story behind what happened uh a little bit i thought maybe it was his first flight but no he said he had flown it before and he see he said he seems he seems to think that he had tried to horse it off the ground too early and it was just in, in some sort of weird stall or something. He, he may have been an accelerated stall with the aft wing or something, and it just was uncontrollable. He yeah, said it did normally, not look good. He, no, he said normally he lets it run off a little longer before li- trying to get it into the air. So um, I guess he might have been in some sort of weird deep stall and it just was uncontrollable. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the plane. It had a weird name... Uh, I can't remember. Forget. I don't even try. Yeah. Okay. So you guys spent time at the pond, and you spent time at the main flight line. Did you go to the three D lines? Yes. Oh and yeah. I'm going to have to say that you know uh, I have nothing against three D pilots, uh, but I had never been to say a three D competition. I've only seen basically a few guys here and there to local clubs, maybe a, a, a demo at a fly-in or something. Uh, but the stuff I saw there was just absolutely amazing. These guys, uh, the, the talent 
on display. These like world class pilots got together and decided to have a fly in, and that's what we saw. It was just the, the the skill these guys have, and it wasn't just hovering above the runway. I, in fact, I saw very little hovering per se. It was just really full control of the aircraft at uh, high speed, low speed, uh, reversing. Uh, snap maneuvers. It was just extremely impressive. I was watching it. I was just mesmerized. I don't maybe I don't know how you felt, Lee, but I was just thoroughly uh, impressed what I saw there. Oh, ditto, ditto. In fact, before we had gone over to the 3D area, I was talking to Fitz. We were maybe at the electric or possibly the float area, and I was looking at a plane out at 3D. This orange plane fly, and it was doing amazing maneuvers. And it's kind of like how you feel when you see a helicopter doing, you know, TikToks and inverted stuff and just flying like mad. And you go, how do they do that? Well, that that 3D plane was doing that. And it turns out it was Andrew, Andrew Jeske from AJ Aircraft. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd asked okay him that. Pilot. Yeah, oh, he's he's OK. It was uh, it was great. And I really hoped to see him again out there. In fact, I'd I w- I'd asked him to call me if he was going to go back out there and fly so I could uh, get pictures and video. But he's you know, he was tied up. He was selling planes. He, he had a job to do. But yeah, I agree completely with Fitz, and they were the nicest people. Uh, I know. See, that's the thing. That's the other reason. At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned because everything is so split out, you you don't have that overlap, <laughs> except for the guys were flying behind us, Fitz, when I was doing my drone <laughs> photography. <laughs> Those three D pilots got a little out of hand, uh, but they had their own little home, their own little world. And the other thing was that they didn't seem to be fighting over each other on who had airtime. There were probably never more than three planes in the air at the same time. So okay. it was comfortable, but as far as tomorrow and Saturday, who knows, you know, if it's going to be way worse. So did they yeah. have pilot stations set up at each flight line. They did. They did. Okay. And I didn't catch Andrew had mentioned her name. I didn't catch it. I did take some photos of this young lady, uh, flying and she's just as talented as those other little boys there. Uh, I really wish I could have interviewed her, uh, but that was some good stuff. And I, I mentioned it because we don't have a lot of females flying in, in aviation and we need more because guys, this girl had it, you know, and she's probably a really you know, top five pilot. And I don't know about it because we, you know, not many people are talking about it. <laughs> she was all that and a bag of chips. Yeah, I, and I didn't want to interrupt her because she had someone with her who was talking to her. She was she was probably doing a routine, and sometimes I like to stand next to pilots so I can be listening and what they're going to be doing, so I can kind of prepare for a shot. But in any case, uh, it wasn't Ashley Heath, was it? I you know what I really don't remember her name. So okay, I just remember her because she was also at the E Fest and was putting on quite a show there. So oh. she was an excellent pilot even then, and she was a. Uh, a teenager at the time. I don't know exactly how old. I I can't say. Uh, yeah. okay. But boy, like the 3D guys had a really cool setup, though. <laughs> they had this huge fire pit too. What was the story? Was it was it a land uh, land landmine? Uh, a mine. It was, was a buoy. To a fire pit, a buoy. Yeah. Okay. Big metal buoy. Because <laughs> yeah. And and they also had a little pond you can hover over too with a oh, nice. with a the rear end of an airplane sticking out of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do the crashed airplanes get Viking funerals? Uh, not that I know of, but there were a oh, few okay. to crash. But yeah, this one I think was just there for just as a joke. They stuck the tail tail section of an aircraft, giant aircraft, just sticking out of the water just for giggles. Yeah. I, I assumed it was a permanent resident in the in the lake. Okay. 
All right, so that was the 3D line. I presume you did not fly at the 3D line. No, no, but we watched. We did spend a good amount of time watching, and it was highly entertaining. I like to watch. So, um, I forget some of the other lines. Did you guys go watch the helis at all? Uh, a little bit. Uh, I stopped by, talked to a couple of the heli guys. Uh, I forgot what, what, um, where he was from. I talked to a nice gentleman. He was flying a glow-powered helicopter, a T-Rex, and another guy. There wasn't very many at, when we were there. I think a few people showed up more when we, as we were leaving. Uh, the, the heli guys are, uh, like the 3D guys are kind of far off on the side, but uh, they had a nice little area to fly around in, and there was a few guys there flying some stuff. So okay. I, I chatted with him for a little while. Nice guys. And very, again, like everybody else, happy to talk to you, talk to you about different things. and saw some neat stuff. Uh, control line. We, uh, we walked over to the control line area as well. Uh, those guy, guys were flying both electric and gas-powered control lines, and they had at least two circles. Okay. And we saw them flying a variety of different types of aircraft. So we got some video and pictures of them. As That was pretty neat. Fun. Now tell me about the electrics. Okay, so the electric was is uh, the electrical actually had a little bit of a special uh, feature because they actually they had a uh, what I thought was a Petromat runway, but it turns out it's something a little different than Petromat. But they have a actual hard runway they can take off and land in addition to the grass as well for, for the if you have small wheels. Okay. So it was I don't know maybe a few hundred feet long. Not super huge, but nice. People are flying jets, EDFs off of it. And it was a fairly active line, sometimes more active than others uh, at times, depending on what, you know, when you got there. But it was it seemed to be consistently, for the most part, active. Lots of neat stuff. Guy, A couple guys had F-14s that were flying around. Somebody oh, had the, the new- the Horizon ones? No. Well, no. The E-Flight. No, not E-Flight. The oh, um, yeah. Freewing, the bigger one. Okay. Now, I did see the new E-Flight F-14, the little one. They had one there. Okay. And I, 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 they let me take it out of the box and caress it and look and <laughs> look it up and stuff like that. And, and uh, Was our buddy Gary there? Gary Wright? Yeah. I did not see him. I didn't see okay. Gary. No, I didn't see Gary. Okay. No, unfortunately. He may, okay. you know, who knows if he popped in during the week, but yeah. yeah. When we were there, the Horizon really wasn't there until like the day we were, the last day we were there, that Monday. Okay. This is where all Horizon folks started showing up. All right. We did talk about that F-14 when they announced it a few months back, right? Yeah. 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 And I talked to them a little bit. It's, um, they, they're not sure when they're going to be able to, um, uh, you know, when it goes on sale due to the whole, the, the, the supply chain issues. Uh-huh. So they're hoping within the next few months to be able to have it out in the market. But uh, they did have one in a box. I guess they're early samples to test out and fly. The one I had, I was looking at, obviously had been flown a few times. And uh-huh. I, I talked to the guys about it and stuff. It, was, it looked very nice model, though. It looked really nice. Okay. Working and wing sweep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it had like a 4S2200 or something? Uh, Yes, I think that's what he told me. It was a 4S2200 with a pretty good runtime. I think uh-huh. the fans are, what, 30 millimeters? They weren't very big. Uh, I think 40. Or maybe 40? Twin 40? still not very big. It's not very yeah. big. It's, it's a little model. There's a picture of me holding it. Uh, there, let's see. It's got plug-in landing gear, so there's no retract. So you either hand launch it or... 
And I, it was funny. The guy, I was talking to the guy. He says, yeah, we, we generally say, you know, hand launch it. It's just fine. It's easy to hand launch with the wings out. They said just on, just for giggles, they were able to hand launch it with the wings swept back as well. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, and they also had the new, uh, they're coming back out with their Corsair. Their 1.2 meter Corsair was retracts. They okay. had, I guess, some time ago with a, I think it had an orange stripe on it. They've changed the paint scheme a little bit, and I, I presume they probably updated the speed controller to the avian thing. They didn't say, uh, but they said that they technically, it's, it hasn't been announced yet. I guess this week they're going to announce it or next week, but they said, you know, what the heck, they'll bring it to the show and show it off. So I thought that was neat to see that. Okay. Yeah, we were wondering if they'd announce any new products during the event. Yeah, it looks like the Corsair is going to be the, the new product they're going to announce. Uh, so the, the electric setup was nice. You have p- electric power, and they had these little power stations that they set up on tables with outlets so you can plug in. So there's quite a few tents as well and awnings people had set up to fly. So it's a real short walk up to the flight line. And at times it got pretty busy. I always see, even when we weren't there, you could see them flying off in the distance. Uh, there was some kids flying and adults and, and uh, just a wide Nice variety of models that people were flying. Little yeah. things, jets, whatever. I can tell you right now, I was looking at Facebook earlier, and all the Horizon guys are out there. Must have been eight of them <laughs> to take it over the flight line. Oh, yeah. We should mention <laughs> that there was a sort of open mini hangar thing at the electric flight line, and that's where Horizon had set up. When the first couple of days, it was empty. I was like, what is this thing for? And then, But uh, Horizon basically took over half of it with a big, whole bunch of booths and tables and i was told flex innovations was going to be on the other side but i they didn't i didn't see them okay. uh, so they're right there with all their electric stuff oh um, i thought i saw a thing where flex has their new ultimate biplane uh i assumed it was at null but maybe not maybe they were there they had another booth okay. up at the main flight line with some stuff i don't uh, remember the biplane it would have been a big one a big gasser no i would remember that okay no uh, but I saw a few other planes. The guy had uh, their RV, the big RV, is it six, Lee? Or eight? I can't remember which one it is. On floats. They were flying around. It was, it was really neat. Oh, I don't remember, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if I was showing up with a slow stick, would I be okay at the electric flight line? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. No problem. We saw slow stuff. We saw fast stuff. They were, they were mixing in pretty good. Yeah, there were UMX planes flying there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I should note that it's interesting that they have these flagpoles that they use at the stations so that when you're taking off, you pull up a blue flagpole, and when you're landing, you pull up a, a green flagpole to let people know that you're landing or taking off. He's saying flagpole. It's a PVC pipe with blue paint and green paint. Yeah. Well, close enough. <laughs> a staff. A javelin. Some, yeah. A, a lance. The staff of takeoff staff and the of, staff of landing. <laughs> staff. Stuff of flight, stuff of earth. Uh, so, you know, you, you do announce taking off landing, that kind of stuff, but things could get noisier if you're spread out. You know, I got to say, I was, at the, I was at the main flight line. I guess it was our last day, and I was taking lots of pictures, and this guy grabbed his green stick, and he just started screaming, landing! And I was, like, ducking for cover. <laughs> you know, I thought something was about to hit me. Uh, but like anyway, a scene from Braveheart. He was exactly freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, somebody had the new B two bomber from Free Wing there. Oh, it's cool. I didn't get to see uh, it only fly. one person. Yeah, uh, only man, one it person. Seems like they sold a bunch of those right in the beginning. Yeah, it was there. I got to look it over in a tent. Somebody tent had it, but I didn't see it fly. But it was it was kind of neat to see one in the flesh. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, how those fare in the sun. With oh, yeah. Being painted black and whatever, EPO foam. I wonder if they gator up. Okay. Um, I had another question for you. What was What was it? I don't remember. Did you guys do any flying on the electric line? I know you had the... Oh, wait, did you fly the Sukhoi that you brought? Y- yes, we all? did. We flew that okay. on the electric line. Okay. And? Uh, flew okay. He he had just set up that radio with the plane, so it wasn't the optimum setup. He, the elevator was a little mushy on it. Uh, and when I found a switch to increase the elevator throw, he had some sort of high gain associated with it on his AS3X, and it kind of it was really... Uh, what do you call it? Oscillating a lot, so I had to go back to the normal ah. setting. It's a nice flying model. It's actually a really nice flying plane. Glee got to fly too a little bit, um, and he's got a, some. We couldn't do really <laughs> full speed because it had a vibration in the nose cone or something. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, he didn't need all the power. But other than that, it flew really nice. So I, f- Lee, I think flew it once. I flew it about two or three times. Uh, oh, <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> so they they generally require you to have a spotter. That was my question. Yes. Okay. Thank so you. they generally require you to have a spotter. You could at the electric line, you could probably get away with not having a spotter if it wasn't too busy without too much a hassle. But you definitely need one in the main line, and and other stuff. And so there's a few people that um, uh, I had helped out. They were real nice, and I was, and they asked me to spot for them. I said, Yeah, sure, no problem. And I said, Yeah, just would you mind spotting for me after I spot for you? And they're like, Yeah, no problem. And I'll be damned if both guys, after they landed, completely forgot. <laughs> Got a spot for me. <laughs> At least one of, one of the kids, after about 10 minutes or so, came back and was like, wait a minute, wasn't I supposed to spot for you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, never mind. I just flew anyways. Uh, so I thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you would have liked the 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 – electric flight line it was nice it's plenty of plenty of space it's wide open even though you're at the end of the runway the other aircraft are pretty far away uh so there wasn't any issues and you're kind of looking at the um the only thing is you're looking at the, the control line guys so you could fly over them pretty easily hmm. uh if you weren't paying too much attention but they didn't seem to care so <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so i asked a minute ago about where a slow stick would be appropriate Let's pretend you guys took plywood overcast. Where would you go to fly that? That you could probably fly either at the electric line or what's the wingspan on it? 10 feet. Okay, so 120 inches. So you could fly that at the main line. Oh, do they have guidelines for where to take a certain type of plane? Well, I asked because I asked them, I said, because at the main line, I never saw any electrics flying. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, well, is it you just can't fly electrics, or is it a size thing or something? So I asked somebody there. And I said, "Hey, uh, it may have been when we were doing it. It may have been Joe." I said, "Hey, can you fly electrics at the main line?" And he said, "Yes, you can, as long as it's eighty inches uh, for a monoplane or sixty inches for a biplane. So it's a giant scale okay. rules." There you go. Okay. So, so, so it would fit that. It would fit that because we saw sport planes flying at the main line. We saw like ugly sticks and and um, that kind of stuff flying there. As long as they were they were just big ones with gas engines in them, gassers. Uh, so it wasn't doesn't have to be scale. It just has to be big. Hmm. Okay. And there may have been electrics there. We just didn't see it at the time when we were there. But uh, oh, I got to mention that a guy had. Um, you probably. I, 
I think he it was a small plane. It didn't meet the giant scale at the main line, but there was a reason. He was one of those free wing uh, Grippins like I have. Oh yeah. But it was a turbine conversion. He had a little forty five inch forty five size turbine. So he probably could I, not have flown that at the electric one. It just probably would have been too hot. What wasn't there a video of that? There might have been. We might have taken some yeah. video of it. Sounds familiar. Yeah, it, it flew really well. It was really neat to see that he had. It was interesting because I talked to him and got some pictures. It had a three D printed fuel tank in it. Oh, specifically wow. made for that play. Yeah, somebody had done it. I think off a uh, specially designed a tank to fit in there because it's when you go that small, there's not much room for anything. So they made some sort so, of. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. That it's a a sealed. 3D printed vessel? Yeah, yeah. I think I tried asking what material, but he didn't do it. He had somebody else, so he wasn't sure what material it was printed out of. But I looked in there, you can definitely tell it was a FDM 3D printed fuel tank in there. And a header tank, too. Huh, okay. How do you think the performance compared to your EDF version? Uh, Pretty close. Um, Yeah, I think pretty close in, in performance and speed and stuff. Yeah, about the same, really. Hmm, okay. Maybe a little longer run times, but the only thing. Yeah, and I've seen All that right. before. Other the other size planes that size it. As far as electric performance was really pretty close. Maybe a slight advantage to the turbine, especially if it ran off some fuel. But um, really, the, you got it for the sound and the extra runtime. And the smell. And the smell, yeah. And he had nice little wingtip missiles on it. Hmm. So, anyways. Okay, were there any factory demos throughout the day? We didn't see any, but I understand there was going to be some throughout the week. Okay. Somebody told me that the factory demos were around midweek. Okay. I would imagine there's some pretty good stuff for that. Now, we did sort of, Joe Vermillion flew some of his Balsa USA planes, I guess, semi-factory demo. Yeah. He had a Don't they do a Dawn Patrol kind of thing? They had a Dawn Patrol, yes. We didn't see that. It was really early in the mist. But he had this really beautiful albatross that was just, it flew great and it looked fantastic. That's the one that Lee mentioned he was having issues with? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's issues. I think it was just he had to get it set up and put it together and stuff. So he was just sort of a, uh, just getting getting all his ducks in a row to get it flying. But once he flew it, we, we were there when he flew it. Lee has a video, full video of the flight. And it flew really nice. It, it's, this uh, Lee guy you talk about, is he the one that used to be on the show? Yeah, what happened? Lee, you there? Uh, you guys have been talking. I'm listening. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. I was just nodding with Fitz. <laughs> well, well, I can hear you nodding. <laughs> um, yes. So, so yeah, it was okay. semi-factory demo, I guess. All right. So it, we've been recording for a while. It's getting late. Mm-hmm. I got more questions. I'm going to try to be quick. So uh, you're... The oh. most outstanding... What? What? Oh, go yeah, ahead. See, that's, I, you asked me where I was. Fitz has done like three times in a row. Oh, I, that reminds me. <laughs> well, I think if I think... If I if you're going to say what I think I'm going to say, it'll lead into my next statement anyway. So go ahead, Terry. I was going to ask what the most noteworthy model you saw was. Bingo! All right. So, yes. <laughs> I think Fitz and I might have the same one. I'm not sure. Yeah. This is not the most noteworthy, but I think it's interesting because uh, I, I mentioned I talked to... Uh, Mr. Dietz from Carf Models. And we know him for Warbirds and 3D, but he had a new model there, a half-scale 
um, Fly Baby. Oh, I saw pictures of that. And it had a four-cylinder, I forgot the size, 200-something cc engine. And what was remarkable about that is you, if you looked at it, you wouldn't know that it was fiberglass. Oh. He had a technique, a process. He talks about it a little bit in the interview where he simulates the fabric covering in fiberglass, in molds. So it's got Why? molded body, molded wings, but it doesn't look like fiberglass. It looks like um, fabric covering and ribs and stuff. That's impressive to do, but did he have a particular reason for doing it? Uh, I think just ease of manufacturing, I think. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be a kit? It is. It's it's for sale. I, I looked up on the website, and they show it on there, and they show it some, some of the molds they use. Uh, it's really nice, it's, and it's huge, and it, and it flew great slow, and, it grew, and he was able to fly a little bit fast. And I walked up to it, and if he hadn't told me it was fiberglass, I would have sworn that it was fabric-covered. Oh, that's interesting. It was pretty amazing. And he he said he just wanted something a little different. He wanted something uh, uh, low-key and, well, not low-key, it's half-scale, but it's something <laughs> something a little more, uh, um, how do you say, gentile than just fire-breathing models that he normally sells. Hmm. Okay. But anyways. I wonder how they get all the giant stuff over the Atlantic. That's a good question. Crates. Now, we saw a whole bunch of crates and stuff in one of the hangars. Maybe that's it. They so, ship them over in crates. Yeah, wood crates and boxes and stuff. And one of the there was a hangar that just had model stuff in it. It was really neat and it had tables for building. And there was some crates with that. People had ordered stuff and and whatnot and factories that they could pile in there. So I guess that's how ship shipping company. And there you go. All right. Cool. All right, Lee. Was that the same that you would have picked? Negative. That wasn't my All pick. Right. I was just oh. that was a noteworthy. <laughs> oh, it's honorable, honorable right. mention. Well, honorable well, mention. Let's let Lee do his, and Lee. then we'll come back to you. Okay. So, I'm trying to think if we saw them fly first. We had seen one of them fly, and it had smoke on it. But I came across these two planes, and during the AMA live show with Joe Vermillion, we were acknowledging these planes that look like Ryan aircraft, but they're not Ryan models. In fact, they're completely scratch-built. This gentleman by the name of Chuck Gratner built these from scratch out of vintage aircraft designs that he looked up, and he calls them Riley's, R-I-L-E-Y's. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And he had two of them there. I think they were numbers 12 and 13. He had built all these. Another, one of the safety officers there that uh, he had one of them. It was one of, you know, he either bought it from him or it was gifted to him, whatever. But the... Man, that thing was beautiful. You just look at it, you wonder how in the heck he made those cowls and the wheel pants. And it's a labor of love, as he said. And so I have an interview with him that uh, I'll probably piece together when I share the photos of this plane in the air. But that was just beautiful. There were lots of great planes there, but this thing right there, it just draws your attention. Yeah, it's like the quintessential golden era low-wing monoplane. That's exactly. He actually used golden era as his comment about you know, just going through all the planes and just coming up with his own. So the if you look at the cowl, it's got an R on it, so that's why you kind of think Ryan. But he, you know, he just made it Riley. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, but they're both yeah. wonderful. They're both model kits, and the yellow one when it flies with smoke on is phew, gorgeous. 
Okay, excellent choice. All right, Fitz, back to you. The real one this time. I 100% agree with Lee. That's my pick as well. Okay. Those were works of art that happened to fly. How many of them were there? There were two that two. I saw. Yeah. They were slightly different. One had a two-twin cylinder, and the other one had a, what, a five-cylinder radio? Um, I think. Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but they were very similar, but the, the cowls were different, and I think the color scheme was different, right? Uh, but they were, they were absolutely beautiful. They were just, they catch the eye, they were big and shiny and sparkly, and looked like they flew really well. Hmm. Okay. In I fact, assume you, get, you have think, pictures and video? I think now that we've recorded this, I'm going to change the cover photo to be one of these, and then people mm. just have to, you know, listen more on our podcast. <laughs> okay. yeah. You have, so that answers the question of pictures. Is there a video of one of them flying? I didn't do video. I did. Um, okay. Good. I have it, I think. I'm pretty sure I have a video of it. Yeah, I was too busy just enjoying it with my camera. Trying so hard to take a really slow shutter so I could get everything, you know, moving. So mm. I think I think I have a good one here. All right. So this might be my last question, or at least the last topic. Were there for sale things? Yeah, yeah. There was, was actually it? quite a. It was it wasn't any any central location. I mean, there were vendors there selling their stuff. Uh, some of the major vendors, but. Um, as far as you talking like swap meet type of stuff, is that what yeah, just somebody putting all their old stuff out in front of their tent with yeah. price tags on index cards all over the place. Uh, okay. There wasn't a central location for that. It just be wherever you wanted. So you'd be, we'd be just driving a cart, and there's this guy sitting there under a tree with some stuff on the table, uh, or behind his trailer or whatever. Uh, I saw a couple of really good deals and stuff, uh, but not a whole lot. But there was a, there was a just spotty here and there. Um, it was kind of interesting. Uh, stuff near the flight line, stuff and tables. Yeah, so yeah, there's. If you looked hard enough, you'd, you'd find quite a bit of stuff for sale. Okay, I assume neither of you bought anything. Uh, I bought some niblets from the vendors. I didn't buy any planes or kits, you know, because the whole logistics of getting it back. But I did. There was two things that were really good deals: a B twenty five electric one that was really good. I think the same one that Lee has. It's it a big one. Yeah, it had. Really good price on it. It was a little BF one ten that kind of caught my eye. Hundred bucks. Yeah, he went a hundred bucks for it. it. Looked like it was, you know, receiver ready at least. Huh. Uh, and there was a few things I thought the prices were way out of the line, but <laughs> you know, it's like any swap meet, you got some good deals, and you got some okay deals, you got some. You want how much <laughs> for that? <laughs> what about you, Lee? I. <laughs> I bought some pins, <laughs> triple tree arrow pins. Like lapel pins? Little, or? Yeah, a okay, coin. No. I bought a coin for the boys. I bought a pin for my hat. And what else? I, I, <laughs> I made the mistake of calling Austin and saying, hey, do you need anything while I'm here? <laughs> he goes, I could use two of these. I could use four of those. I need a couple of these. And walked out of a tent with, you know, spending 100 bucks to give uh, Austin some connectors and stuff. So I did not buy myself anything. Except a shirt. I think Fitz and I both bought Triple Tree shirts. Yeah. Oh, do they have event shirts? Or just location shirts? No, it's that 40th anniversary. It was a, yeah, it was an event oh, okay. shirt. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought of another question. I've seen pictures of a full-scale hangar there with some oh, yeah. nice stuff inside. Wanted to mention What's that. What's that all about? Yes. Well, at least you can talk about it, Lee. There's a hangar there with lots of planes. I think they're all pats. <laughs> Don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if you, if you talk about the hangar, you also got to talk about the learning center because the learning center had way more planes than the hangar did. <laughs> yeah, but the hangar had full scale. Yeah, full scale. So, so there's a P-51, two Stearmans. Uh, gosh, I need to go through my pic- pictures. It was ultralight. And uh, what was the other thing? Uh, yeah, just, there's there's a whole handful. Some sort of civilian plane. I forgot what it was. What do you think about ten planes in there? Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, lots of photos. I took a whole bunch of pictures. I thought I shared them. They, go check the AMA page, see if I, I shared them there. But uh, yeah, that was neat. A nice little, you know, the hangar door was open. People were just walking through, enjoying the show. But oh. I think Fitz and I were really impressed with the education building with all the acrobatic control line models that were hanging on the wall and oh somebody asked how those are attached i could not i know it's i read that and i can't tell you how they were i don't think i <laughs> looked that hard or close I don't know Command strips. somebody just licked them and stuck them to the wall yeah uh, Your turn, but yeah Static. the education Things center was head. pretty nice it was a little bit you almost missed it because it was behind another hangar uh, but you walk in, and it was one open room to just, like you said, lined with control line airplanes and some RC airplanes hanging from the ceiling, a bunch of chairs. You could tell that it was a nice place for a demonstration and a presentation. There's a speaker and audio set up and, and that kind of stuff. And there was a room to the side that had at least half a dozen flight sim- I think I counted eight or something like the six or eight flight simulators, like um, real flight simulators, and one fancy simulator with a control panel. From a, like you know, from an aircraft kind of thing, uh, so you can go in. There was a couple of guys in there flying simulators, and it was just open to walk around. There apparently were some models there that were used for flight training, some e-flight stuff, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was just a nice, it had a nice atmosphere to it. It was air conditioned, had a bunch of chairs Ooh. in it. They had some a really nice uh, uh, um, model uh- of a Jenny, and what was the other one there? Uh, uh, the Ryan NYP. Uncovered, okay. I think just Spirit a static. Of St. Dis- Louis. Yeah, it was just a Spirit of St. Louis uncovered, and it wasn't a flying model. Just somebody built a really detailed uh, framework of one. I guess you can they can show people how airplanes work and kind of give a history lesson. But it was just really neat. Um, mm. And so there was, was there these three hangers. Was another hanger I'm missing? No, I guess that was it. Okay. So, yeah. So the educational center was pretty nice, and it had plaques on the walls, all kinds of memorabilia. Uh, just a nice place to sit and relax. All right. Cool. And warm up. And warm we up. We didn't talk about the temperatures. <laughs> oh, yeah. It got – the first day was really nice, but when we came in Sunday morning, it was cold, <laughs> pretty cold in the morning. <laughs> you boys and, weren't prepared for that? No. I wasn't. I was in shorts and a <laughs> short sleeve, and I was freezing my butt off. Yeah, it was a little overcast on Sunday morning, so that didn't help. Oh. But didn't they have like sweatshirts in the gift shop or something? We asked. I even called Joe and asked if he had any. He goes, "Nope." Uh, that much of a gift shop. <laughs> Sorry, sucker. I guess you mentioned right, so, the weather was it, it, it was threatening a couple times, but for the most part, it was actually really nice. Okay. I think it rained on us for like five minutes once, and then it passed real quickly and got sunny again. It was real nice. Yeah, there have been years where there was a rain out. Mm. So I'm glad you didn't have to deal with that. 
All right, so I'm out of questions about the event. Um, and from what I understand, you guys returned in pretty much the opposite of the way you got there. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we we uh, hopped back into the uh, the, uh, the, the the banana mobile and <laughs> I, I speeded it back uh, to uh, my friend Greg's place, and uh, he 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 cooked us some uh, some food. And we had a really good conversation with him, and it was really great to hang, catch up with an old friend. And I'm sure Lee found him highly entertaining as well. <laughs> oh, the sweetest people, though. It was great. Uh, and, and then he and I talked guns. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah. I think Vince was going, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> yeah, especially um, when he showed you that one, he, like, disassembled it in, like, two seconds. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I have one. He and I have the same shotgun. But the other thing you didn't mention was uh, going through his little shack and bringing home a little something-something. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's um, He was trying to clear up some space in his, his workshop. And uh, <laughs> I was supposed to take home more than I actually ended up taking home. We tried to package up a plane and a couple of planes in a big box, but we couldn't get the box in the car. Oh, no. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just send you a label and you can ship it but i did come back with one of those umx ask21s gliders oh nice i've got one of those i haven't yeah. flown yet yeah well now i have one too is it pretty new it, it, he's had it for quite a while but it's i don't think he flew it all that much it's in pretty good shape it's in the original box okay. oh that's good those apparently are pretty rare mm. and kind of valuable as umx planes go hmm but I was always thinking that that would be a great one to retrofit with the um, solenoid toe release that I put in my micro Waco gliders. I don't know if you remember well, that story. Well, it has a toe release already in it. It has a mechanical one. Yeah. I wanted to try it with that. And you could probably tow it behind a timber, UMX timber. So anyway, that's what I intended to do with it. I guess it would. Yeah, we need to yeah. arrow tow it with something. Yeah. So. Okay, well, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Let's arrow tow it with plywood overcast. No. There you go. <laughs> All right, mm. so what do you, are you going to share what you were going to bring back but didn't? Or is that for oh, later? It was a couple, just odd, nothing special. It was, uh, he had an old, very old uh, chaos, oh, uh, nice. glow power chaos. He just didn't want to fly, get rid of and he said, he was just, give it to me. He said, here, you want it? I'm like, yeah, oh, Okay. Uh, and he had a neat, another thing he had kind of was neat was a old Gillow's uh, mosquito kit, mm-hmm. which is, that one was also very rare. Like the Havlin mosquito. The Havlin mosquito, yeah, you know, huh. whatever, 27-inch wingspan or whatever. And I actually really liked that, uh, yeah. but uh, I wasn't able to squeeze it in, uh, so, in the fullness of time. Make, make, I seem make a to nice recall, little... like last time you visited him, you came home with aircraft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he he doesn't fly as much as he used to, and uh, he had acquired a bunch of stuff in his shop, so he's trying to clear some space. He's not getting out. He's still got a bunch of planes. He just was. We do that all the time. We trade planes. Last time I went to visit him, yeah. I gave him a plane. So okay. So why didn't he join you at the event? Uh, well, it's Mother's Day weekend, so mm. he was pretty busy with his family. So I, I you know invited him, and he said he'd try, but he's he just got busy. Gotcha. Okay, so let's try to wrap things up. Um, now that you have this event behind you, what do you wish you had done differently, or how are you going to change things next time you go? First line, bring warm clothes. Second, go. 
Uh, we should talk about how Jeff Arsenault stays up there. That has got to be the plan next year. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's your that's your uh, your your aspect, Lee. You you take the. Oh, <laughs> okay. I was handling it to you. So yeah. he had mentioned how they've been camping up there. They rent an RV. I think he said seventeen hundred dollars for the week. That is delivered and prepped there at Triple Tree. So they get there, you know, either fly or drive. They park their vehicle there, and then they have the RV already waiting for them. And when they're done, they just leave because part of the fee is for them, the uh, RV dealer or rental place, to come pick it up and clean it. Yep, that's the way to do it right there. And I'm like, holy smokes. Now, I know of this because it's been done at AirVenture. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a company that I know we work with that does it. So uh, I, I, I'm not planning on doing that at AirVenture this year. But that is it. That's got to be how you do it. So we'll have to drive, bring our trailer. One, you know, either we drive together or <laughs> bring two trailers. More the merrier. <laughs> Stuff it full of airplanes and just camp there right at the flight the flight line. And yeah, and, I, and, I, but and he it, said it was a large RV too. It wasn't a little. Yeah, it was like over thirty feet long. He, he said thirty-seven yeah. feet foot. Oh wow! Yeah, you split that among a few people, and it's not so bad. Oh yeah, cost wise. Yeah. So, but here's here's the tough question though, Fitz. Where do you park it? Wherever you can. Well, I mean, you can reserve. I mean, I think they said they've been reserving a spot, but where would you want to be? That's the question I have oh, for you. Oh, that's like, a good where question. Where would you want that RV to be? Would you, well, you keep can, it at the... In- you can move around, right? You could try the electric line this year, 3D line next year. Well, yeah, you could do that. So where would be the first year? <laughs> Trying to get an answer. <laughs> would you Would you just well, park it at electric because it just that's what we typically do? Well, for you- us, yeah, I think since we mostly fly electric stuff, we'd probably park there or at least between there and the main flight line. I okay, think. That's my first thought. Now, a lot of people had tents and they just plopped their airplanes down there and just left them. So, you know, <laughs> you could conceivably have two sets of tents and just, you know, stack one plane, the big stuff near the main flight line, electric stuff down on the other one. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I, I'd probably bias it towards electric. Just, 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 just me, of course. Yeah. Right. What about you, Lee? Where would you want to be? I, I think electric would be the right place. It's kind of in the middle, you know, between the two. It's an easy walk up to the pond. Okay. Small lake, whatever we're calling it. And, uh, yeah, golf cart. <laughs> golf cart. <laughs> or a moped or something. Put put a bicycle in a trailer. All right, so I'm just spitballing here. You got 1800 bucks a week for the RV, and then, what would you say, like 90 bucks a day for the golf cart? It'll probably be 90 by next year. So, <laughs> so that's another 600 Okay, it, it's adding up, but whatever. But it's it's like... Spa treatment. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just where you go. It's like those people that go to every baseball field in America because they just they have to do it. Yeah, you know? and yeah. I'm sure that's not cheap. Yeah, but I've so met yeah. You, you don't want to put a price tag on everything. It's about the experience. Well, we're we're trying to wrap this up, and obviously Fitz and I would be happy to go talk longer about it because there's so much to to share, and we still haven't experienced it completely. You know, like what's happening right now? We didn't do any night flying. We hear that's incredible. We didn't get to hang out with multiple groups and, you know, share food and stuff like that or sing songs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But 
for me, it's uh, best will always be the event I want to go to every year. I would never change that. And quite frankly, if it for some reason they changed Joe Nall to be the same weekend as best, I would not leave best. So that's how much best means to me. But this is one of those you've got to make it on your to-do list. This has got to be in the top three bucket list items of an RC event. That's that's how I would sum it. Yes, you have to go at least once experience You got it. to. You got to go once. Okay. I probably would not have if you guys did not go there and share these experiences. Because me, I'm not usually all that people-y. And so I tend to not be uh, enticed by large events just because I feel like it would be crowded. But you guys uh, sold me. I'll get there one day. Yeah, it's so yeah. spread out that you never really felt like you were stepping on top of people. Okay. And let's take this a different angle, too. If you live nearby, this is obviously an event you can just drive to, hang out, and go home. You don't, you don't have to spend the whole week there. But if you're coming from somewhere else, the whole week experience is the tip of the iceberg. You've yeah. got to do that. You yeah. Can't, and Fitz and I, look, Fitz and I went for three or four days because that's really all we had and we wanted to experience it and maybe just to do the research, so to speak. But now that we have, we know we could not go again without staying till the final weekend. That You'd have to do that. Yeah. The, the, the three days we were there just flew by. It didn't feel like a draw. We never felt bored or anything. It just, just the time flew by. It looked like just a fun place to camp out. There's guys walking around fishing poles. They were fishing. There's a little there's a stream or something nearby. Uh, it was just it looked like a great place just to hang out, even without flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, even the little RC we kind of touched on it. There's an RC hangar. Uh, I posted photos again. There's some photos out there on the AMA's page, but you saw people working on airplanes. So if you're like nervous about bringing stuff out there to fly and, and what happens if it breaks someone's going to have what you need. Yeah. You know, they're just, oh, and I'm going to go back to the whole trailer thing. My God, Fitz and I had so much fun, you know, looking at everybody's trailers and go, oh, well, I like that feature. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, golfing. This is, this is what you got to do. I mean, there's so many great ideas. And in fact, I spent, what, 10, 15 minutes with that one guy who had, you know, his other trailer was stolen. So he had this one for a couple of years and, you know, he was showing us his setup. And it's great to, to get that information so you do the same thing about aircraft too it's a get together it's definitely it's up there I'm try, let's try this for example what's another event terry i'll throw this at you besides rc related what's some other event that you feel like you would have to go to oshkosh okay so it is it's the oshkosh of rc yeah we had said it several times take oshkosh and scale it down a little bit and put model airplanes in it and that's what you have okay well, you got me. I'll do it. All right. You're in like Flynn. All right. So for people who want to hear more about or see more about your experience, you guys have a bunch of videos and photos on our Facebook page, the AMA Facebook page, Hobby View. Where else? That's Instagram. It. Yeah. So go through the AMA, the RC Roundtable, and the Hobby View channels. That's where you'll get a ton of stuff. And there's more to come because we haven't mentioned this yet, and this will be in the past, but Fitz and I are going to be on AMA Air on Friday. 
I have to say all of this over again. And we'll be doing a lot of this all over again. <laughs> I'm sure our, our producer, Dylan, is going to be going, uh, guys, we are like, at the hour and a half mark, and we haven't even touched upon the AMA Nats. <laughs> yeah, to be the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. And Chris Wolf is with us, by the way, too. So is he? Okay. You know, yeah, so. He'll be playing the part of me. <laughs> exactly. Because I so, can't be on the show. We'll have a rehearsal, and Fitz and I will take the, the top five items from this conversation and, and just mention those. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even sure where I was heading with that, but my point is, uh, you know, we'll be talking again. <laughs> so I'll be posting some photos that I'm hoping to go through by DSLR. I <laughs> told Fitz and Fitz freaked out. I took over 3,000 photos that I oh, have to okay. edit through. And the good news is I there's some I rapid shot because the, some of these planes are just flying so fast. So I'm only yeah. looking for one or two of those. Yeah. But I'll be sharing those on AMA Air. So that's another place you can go look. Okay. So for the stuff that you posted on the roundtable and AMA accounts, is it unique to each account? There were a couple. Um, okay. So there's some overlap, some unique. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe to uh, the RC roundtable Instagram page. Cause I know I posted some stuff there and definitely our Facebook, but guess what? We did that live show on YouTube. Right. Hey, we have picked up a few new Facebook followers since you guys did that stuff. So I think a lot of people watched it. Oh, well, let me just touch on this because this just really surprised the heck out of us. But we did Joe Vermillion's show, uh, excuse me, Flight of His Albatross. And mm-hmm. we did that live. And that thing took off. We've had, what, over 30,000 views? In less than a week? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you... it's been shared over 50 times. wow wow that was facebook by the way i'm sorry that was a a live facebook show but yeah gee willikers (laughs) that's good for an rc video oh yeah yeah i mean it was just it was just joe flying his albatross so i'm looking at it right now so uh 91 shares eighty-two thousand people reached wow is that (laughs) viral uh, well, I mean, I for us, yeah, <laughs> it's all relative. Yeah, so but yeah, I, we're told them checks start rolling in, boys. Let's let's give a nod to Joe Vermillion. He shared it with Balsa USA, and a lot of customers of Balsa USA shared it from there. So thank yeah. you. That's good. Yeah. So He's check out people. all the other stuff. Joe is good people. So all right, is there anything? else we're uh if if it's this is embarrassing our live show is just you (laughs) 668 people reached (laughs) (laughs) give it time joe floyd the albatross eighty-two thousand people reached (laughs) Hmm. oh well uh, joe is the difference there i guess yeah i guess we had we had fun. If y'all didn't get that by now, if you're still with us, then yes, we did have fun. Yeah, I guess we can yeah. summarize that is that we had a fantastic time. We didn't really know what to expect when we went there. We know it was a good event, but you really, until you go there and just see how totally encompassing the event is, we have a whole new respect for why people go there. We met one guy, he said he's been going there for 30 years. Wow. So, so that's saying something. Yeah, and Joe had been going there before it had moved to Triple Tree. Because, as he said, it was in Pat's backyard. Yeah, well, hell of a backyard, but... And yeah. I, another thing I'd, I'd like to point out is Fitz and I didn't do a lot of flying. So this really was more of a research <laughs> trip. So I'm looking forward to the plan where we sit down and go, what are we bringing? What are we flying? 
bring our chairs, sit down there and, and, you know, hang out with a lot of other people and get all this going back and forth with the golf cart, you know, trying to take pictures of this event and then this event, you know, we'll really have time to sit there and enjoy the flying aspect this time. I'm not regretting what we did because it was perfect way to get a good feel for the whole facility. Mm. But definitely the next time is going to be the flying trip. Well, all right. Is that next year or have you decided yet? I'd love it for it to be next year. Okay. Can you make it, Terry? I don't know. Ask me in six months. Right. I yeah, still but, won't know, but I'll... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I, I can put you off again. I think the next time, we all three of us should be there. I would love that. Yeah. So, well, let's, when let's it make happens, it happen one knows? way or another. Yeah. yeah. We're not getting any younger. <laughs> I tell you, Sonny... <laughs> All right, speaking of not getting any younger, take us out of here. All right. It sounds like somebody's going to turn into a pumpkin. Yeah, it's late, man. <laughs> All right, well, there you have it, folks. That was the uh, Leon Fitz's Adventures in South Carolina at Triple Tree Aerodrome, a.k.a. Joe Nall. Uh As he said before, check out our social media Facebook uh, and YouTube and whatnot. Uh, Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> it's the Facegram. I don't know. That's Lee stuff. I think, it's, I think it's stuff. Fitz's nap time now. <laughs> Lots of pictures. Like I said, Lee has 3,000 pictures to go through, so hopefully you won't be posting 3,000, but you'll pick the best 2,000 of them. Well, I did put the Riley photo up while we were talking, so it's already up on our Facebook page. Man, that was I'm quick. Sure people, people will be talking about it, and we'll be mentioning it. And bloody hell, i got to get working on a video, too, myself. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, thanks to everybody who came up to us and said hello, to all the people we met. Uh, we met a lot of great people. We had a great time, great travels, great friends. And thank you, everybody, for listening to us blab on about that for two hours. Uh, and we will see you on the next show. We got any last things to say, Lee, Terry? I will say, Fitz, you are a great traveling buddy. So thank you for you know working with me together, doing all that stuff together, and you, you didn't kill me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. The pleasure was all mine. And on that note, we'll see you next time. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.